0: Breakfast with Champions, Main Air Breakfast Club, your opportunity to get a seat at the table. You just listened in to today's episode of hashtag Rise and Grind as we are breaking down, leading a big movement, leading a collaboration. Like we've been doing here on this good old Breakfast with Champions. I'd love to continue the discussion. So if you were able to listen to today's episode of hashtag rise and grind and you have some feedback or anything that you'd like to share any uh, words of wisdom that you can give for me or any takeaways that you got i'd love to hear them and typically what i do at this time is i ask for new voices Um, but this week since we're talking about breakfast champions i definitely want to hear from our breakfast champions mods as well as some new voices so let's start with dr colleen hawthorne i saw her flashing let's start there and then um those of you that would like to contribute go ahead and flash your mics and uh we'll 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 keep this discussion going how you doing doctor
1: good morning morning. and good morning champions sir lundy (laughs) what a rhema word in season rhema word that's how it came to me and hit me this morning Thank you, sir, for who you are, all you do. This morning, actually the last few days, struggling a little bit with making the next step for my next level. And then found myself kind of going back to some old patterns. Oh, I don't have enough help. Uh, Is it time to do it now? I'm going to have to be totally on. Uh, Do I have the money to really invest in this next step? And then found myself, ah, don't really want to get up hitting that snooze button which i haven't done for months because of this program then i thought wait a minute i've got a whole team of champions and they're available to me right now if i could just hit that button and hear their voices there were there were you were then just as powerful as ever giving just the right thing I needed to hear and instantly got up, got back into my breakfast with champions posture. (laughs) Sir Lundy, thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We love you. Thanks for all you do, sir. We're with
0: you. God bless you. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is an amazing share. And I am so glad that the crew um, is reliable, right? And that you can count on us, and that you can be there. And just so you know, we all we all go through that stuff, girl. We all go through that stuff. I am not enough. I don't have enough. We can't do enough. I want to just go in and sleep in today. <laughs> I don't want to get up, right? Our brain will constantly try to yank us back to comfort. Constantly try to yank us back to comfort. And so it is a it is a constant battle. Uh, my boy Brian Binstock just joined us. I know he knows about this, Brian. I wanted to share something with you real quick, and then we'll get back to the to the queue on the discussion. Uh, you posted a video. I think it was on LinkedIn, Brian, of you training for the marathon uh, with a bunch of different clips. You running in the snow and all that stuff. You know which video I'm talking about. You there, Brian? Brian, 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 Brian. Brian.
2: Yeah, I think it's a reel as well because I've seen it, and
3: I'm not on LinkedIn.
0: I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you posted that video and it popped up in my feed and my daughter, uh, Savannah, who met you in New York a few years ago, my daughter was watching that and she said, how old is that guy? I said, "He's he's, he's, he's in his early 60s. She said, no, he's not. I said, yes, he is. She said, grandma's in her 60s. I said, I know. <laughs> she was like, he looks like your age, dad. I said, he looks good, man. You do. You look good, and you're inspiring us all. But I know you have your mornings where you don't want to, right? Just like the rest of us.
4: Well, yeah, that's, it's not a, a battle unless it's a battle, and it's a battle every day you know, and, uh, I'm fighting that ticking clock, you know, that ticking clock, uh, and you get to a certain point in life and you realize, uh, you're not here forever. And, uh, you know, so I, I want to keep myself vibrant and as active as I can. I'm not trying to beat anybody else. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm not trying to be stronger or faster than anybody else. Just trying to remain relevant in the game and you, you get, you get beat up over it. But, uh, it's just getting out there every day. It's like what you're doing with Breakfast of Champions. You know, there's a mission here. And uh, t- today I was in the gym uh, earlier this morning and my son is working at the desk in the gym. And it's, you know, isn't it kind of interesting to see the additional burden that puts on me knowing somewhere in that gym my son's watching me and he's assessing how is he and how, what would he do compared to what I'm doing and could you do what I'm doing? And it just put, you know, a little bit of an additional burden to make sure that my form was the right way. And that I didn't stop uh, prematurely in what we were doing there uh, in the gym today. And I I think that's, you know, if one of us can do it, then, you know, all of us can do it. If one of us can do it, then all of us can do it. If she can do it, he can do it. I can do it. We can do it Uh, together. And it's not about someone's always going to be faster, stronger, richer, uh, smarter, but, but it's about being a better version of, of us. And I think that's really what this is all about here in the morning, causing us to think critically differently. I, I have to tell you the best thing about breakfast with champions and the best thing about this app clubhouse is the ability to get into other people's living rooms and to listen to their perspective on subjects that I feel very passionately about and differently about. And then I see their perspective and I say, huh, you know, if I, If I wore those shoes and I lived in that uh, place and that circumstance, that's setting, man, I'd I'd see it that way, too. And I think it really rounds us out. But so many times we're so polarized that this is what I believe and I don't give a damn what anyone else says. And, well, that's where learning stops. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a great honor and privilege to be with this group. You know, Brielle's in California. I mean, that's like another planet, right? We're over here in New York. And, and to hear the perspective from out there and to hear the perspective from different people, I think is really enriching. Agreed
0: 1,000%, my man. And we appreciate you inspiring us all and being a part of Breakfast with Champions uh, from the get-go. Brian, you've been here for me, and I so appreciate you. Uh, go ahead and flash those mics. If you were able to listen to today's episode of Rise and Grind, and you have some feedback or some takeaways that you want to share... <laughs> i hear a mic but i don't see it's it.
5: sarah
6: she's
7: right next to
0: you oh all right let's go sarah and then uh, we'll keep going go ahead sarah
7: hey brother i just wanted to say thank you type in and say that i'm done speaking
0: <laughs> of course sarah thank you uh, i appreciate you more than you'll ever know let's go down to uh
8: yeah
9: Ken can ginger is flashing debbie and coco
0: yeah, I also see Natasha, April, and Daniel. So who was that that was just talking?
9: Dr. Rowe. So it's Ginger, no, no, no. Debbie, Coco.
0: Somebody else was talking the same time as you.
9: It's probably me, Ginger. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, how Hi. y'all doing?
0: Good, how are you? Did you enjoy today's um, episode?
9: I have tuned in and... Uh, Thursday. <laughs> the steps you can take. Uh, one is live your life brave. The steps that you can take towards turning your life around is living it brave. I um, through this past year have went through a traumatic episode of my life that I will say in short um, left me coming out of a psych ward and no friends to, uh, to be greatly sane because they believed that I was trying to commit suicide. Um, I wasn't.
0: Well, we're glad um, that you and, were able to live yeah. bravely and pull out of that ginger. And yeah. we're, we're super, super glad to hear that and glad that you're able to join us here yeah. in Breakfast with Champions now and be 100%. surrounded by amazing superhumans, right?
9: Yeah, 100%. Um, This is you know, a platform for me that I've been able to speak out and up and for and to the positive side of the transformation. Um, I dealt with a very hard situation, very hard struggle, very hard of everything taking me down. And I still
0: rise. That's right. Now you rise up, right, Ginger? Yes. Rise. Rise up. Rise up. up. That's what I'm talking 100%. about, girl.
7: Well, we appreciate 100%. you sharing
0: that and inspiring us this morning. I got about five minutes left in this segment. We had quite a few mic flashes. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep going to those and we're gonna talk about today's yeah. episode of hashtag yeah. rise and grind. So Doctor Rowe, did you say Coco was next? And grind. Debbie and then live
9: your life
10: right. Let's go Debbie. That's right, Ginger. Live Live your life life right. 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 All right, Debbie, let's go girl. Good morning, everybody. Um, I just have a really cute story that I can't believe the way it fit into this morning's um, Rise and Grind episode. I work at my son's pizza shop. We opened up a pizza shop in February and my son and daughter-in-law have taken their two kids who are three and five, my grandchildren, out of daycare with everything that's going on and they come to the pizza shop Tuesdays and Wednesdays and hang out with us and in the beginning of the day there's always just kind of nothing to do because we get all the work done and um, before the rush comes in and my grandkids decided that they were going to play school bus and they started taking the chairs from the tables and lining them up um, across the dining room And my other son was there, my son and daughter-in-law and their grandpa and me, and there was two other people there, and they started assigning people seats on the bus. And my grandson, Luca, who is just, he's going to be five on Halloween, so he just wants to work there. He wants to do everything that he can. He folds pizza boxes. He rolls up the rugs at night. I mean, he's an amazing little helper. He helps me make dressing cups. He wanted to ride on the front of the bus. And he said, I like the front. I think it's the best seat. And my granddaughter, Enza, who is very assertive, but not quite as helpful, She's, she just turned three. She said she liked the middle seat because she can see the people behind her and she can see the people in front of her. And my son, Cody, who is 33 years old, was always in the back of the bus. And I found it really interesting to listen to you talk this morning about the different positions on the bus and having gone through this yesterday with them. Um, I have, I was just going through my pictures because I was taking pictures of all the different configurations that we have of where people were sitting on the bus. And I just thought that it was really interesting because I saw all of their personalities come out and kind of the type of leaders that they're going to be when they grow up. And it was kind of funny to hear you say that this morning. So I just thought that was a really cool analogy and I had to share it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Right. The timing on that is, is, is uh, really fascinating. It's super cool that you observed that as well, that you observe your kids in that way and, and, and see the directions that they, that they move and are aware, right. Awareness is half the battle sometimes. So that's awesome. What an incredible share. And yeah, every, everybody's. Everybody can everybody's got a different seat, right? But as we say in the in the auto industry, there's a there's a seat for every arse. <laughs> right, all personalities, welcome. All right, let's go to uh, Coco, I believe, was next. Per good Dr.
11: Good morning everyone. Um, first of all, child of God, I love
0: being in this room.
11: Breakfast with champions has changed my life and my mindset. I'm in here every morning. I used to be a snooze bar queen, no more. As it hits five o'clock, I'm in this room, first and foremost, I'm pinging friends in. I've learned so much and I know I have my own movement that I've already started. Um, I've been encouraged here, I encourage others, I ping people in the room and people are saying, "You you have imaginary friends on Clubhouse. I'm like, no, they're not imaginary, they are real people. And I know that and other people know that. So um, I'm so glad that I may not be able to make it to grow your business, but virtually I will be there front row. I like the front seat because that's how I pay attention and stay focused.
0: And I'll leave that there. Well, I love that. And, yes, we're not imaginary friends. We're real people. (laughs) And I know that there are a lot of – spouses or people on the other side partners whatever that are like that think we're all crazy because they just don't get it right you don't get it till you get it and once you get it then you get it it's kind (laughs) of how it works so i love that coco and i love that you are a part of our breakfast with champions family and i am so grateful uh that we live in in a time where the technology is there and available where we can gather we can inspire one another we can get together at this time in the morning it's Truly, really, truly fascinating and filled with opportunity. So with that said, it is thirty, six thirty in the morning. And so I'm going to be handing um, things over here in just a second. If one last person wants to jump in, feel free. Go ahead and jump in. If you've got something really itching on your heart, otherwise message me. Go ahead. I hear somebody. Glenn, this
11: is April from Jacksonville, Florida.
0: Get in there, April.
11: I want to say... Thank you to everyone on this stage, because you guys are my accountability partners. I've been uh, in in the stands of Breakfast with Champions since mid-January, and I have been soaking up, drinking up. And I want to just say shout out to everyone who's been with you, everyone who has spoken on this stage, because you have. boss now because i always bring something interesting to the office after i've listened to breakfast with champions and cute story glenn you may not remember i was the person that met you a digital dealer snuck in there and yes. now I'm joining the automotive industry so thank you thank you thank you this is april and i'm out
0: April, yes, I do remember that. And I appreciate you sharing uh, that and that energy with us this morning. That's what I'm talking about. She said
8: they said said she's a better boss boss now. That's what's
0: what's up. That's a big big win win for us to all chalk up here in Breakfast with Champions. And it does take everybody, everybody's voice, everybody's conversations, everybody pulling together, everybody pinging together, doing the things that we've been doing. So appreciate each and every one of you. I'm going to hand it over to my man, Stephen Kuhn. I know he's got something prepared. Uh, for you guys today. Mr. Kuhn, I love you. I see you. I'm excited to share the morning with you. Even more excited to be in Peru with you in March. I got your WhatsApp. I was looking at the the uh, itinerary right there. It's the scariest thing ever for me, Stephen, but I'm doing it. So uh, excited to see you also here in Lexington, Kentucky in just a couple
12: weeks. That's right. I'm be there on the 5th at um, Grow Your Business for God's sake. Awesome. 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 I can't wait. Um, especially Peru. I can't wait to see your transformation, uh, whatever that might be. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Um, today, as you know, as you know, I have my, my Thursday segment every week and I try to do, you know, a little mix up, you know, we've invited uh, people on like that were held hostage by, you know, um, the foreign governments and tortured for four days and they told their story. And, you know, some, some, sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes I'll give like tangible advice on how to buy a business with no money down or all these different kinds of things. And these all come from one thing. <clears throat> they all come from my ability to connect with people, right? So that's one of the things that I do. If you've read Unleash Your Humble Alpha, which is our book, you'll know in the first chapter you learn your own personal identity in down and you boil it down to a two-word moniker. My two-word moniker is powerful connector. And um, I use that to, to, to my advantage, to my business's advantage, and to my uh, circle of influence advantage. And one of those connectors... Uh, one, one of those people that I connected with is uh, Stephanie Malik. And I've invited her here today to be interviewed because she's a rocket ship. I got to tell you, brought her on stage. She's a mod. So hello, everybody. Um, um, hello, um Stephanie, thank you for coming. I'm gonna introduce you real quick and then we can get started. Stephanie Malik, CEO of Malik Enterprises, has established a 25-year world-class career in which she was an award-winning CEO of a global consulting firm, spearheaded multi-million dollar acquisition and acquisitions and mergers, and worked with over eleven startups globally. Well, if that's not enough, Stephanie formed Smallik Enterprises with one single goal in mind. That was to help others and to promote change through her proven strategies, methodologies, and undeniable experience. The goal is to build a customer-centric business consulting, executive coaching, and crisis management services organization that changes the industry's business model for service delivery and creating sustainable improvements to individual organizational performance, productivity, and profitability. She's hailed as an expert negotiator, and I've met her, and I have no doubt and a skilled crisis management consultant in the industry. Stephanie is helping top-notch athletes, executives, and businesses take their careers and organizations to the next level, while also resolving high conflict and crisis cases for individuals and companies globally. Well, welcome, Stephanie. So, So glad to have you.
7: Thank you, Stephen. Thank you so much for inviting me.
12: Indeed. Let's hear that power. Okay, so I want to start by saying I loved your conversation the other day. It really, really lit me up. Um, we we share a lot of similarities, and we have the same twisted sense of humor. So uh, it was really good to get to know you.
7: <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I went from you to Jonathan Bowman Perks, and I was just like flying high for the rest of the day. It was so it was just an amazing conversation to have those synergies and to ignite with somebody who you just really align with, and you're able to know that that person's going to be in your life forever was really exhilarating.
13: Yeah,
12: it's 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 funny you uh, you were talking to Jonathan Bowman Perks. I didn't even know you knew him. I was on his podcast. I had him on my buddy's podcast. He's coming to Peru with us, not in uh, not in uh, March, but in May. And and here you were. And then he made a post. And like, here we are again. Small, small world, right? So Absolutely. Here we all sit right with you, this powerful woman who takes no guff from anyone. Um, you're a seven times award winning CEO who has coached over 350 top entrepreneurs and executives globally from 165 Fortune 500 companies and having settled individual and corporate crisis cases worth over $500 million. How in the heck did that happen? What was your start? Where did Stephanie come from? And what was your driving force? I, I, I gotta hear this.
7: Yeah, so, so Stephen, it was, you know, again, I, I really would love to have just like a, you know, an amazing story and oh gosh, this is kind of my, you know, light up moment. I didn't have any of that. It was really a natural progression. Um, I grew up professionally in Silicon Valley in an entry level sales position. Um, I showed up early um, and I, I left late. I was a single mom, very very young. I was 22 years old. Um, I was paying alimony to my ex husband at 23 years old, and I just really had to do things differently. So it wasn't this plan. It wasn't a plan by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I just I really kind of jumped in, and no job was not my job. So. If it was washing dishes or sweeping the floors, I would jump in and do it. If somebody had been working late for, you know, projects, I would jump in and help. Whatever it was, I just did it. And the one thing looking back now after doing this for so, so many years, I, you know, I constantly, you know, look at KPIs or look at, you know, what is the key differentiator? And I think that I was just willing to say yes and and learn even when it wasn't things i was interested in i had no interest in you know product development or in you know metrics financing or any type of things like that and what i did was i would just go in and follow people and ask really strong questions what ended up happening Stephen, was my normal and my natural questions I, I, I really kept quiet for a long time. So we would kind of, we'd go into a room with like venture capitalists or boardroom people and people would ask just the same questions. Every single meeting I was at, people asked the same questions and those were not natural questions in my head. So I, I kept quiet for years and years. I just took notes and I listened and I was a sponge and I just really paid a close attention to what other people were doing. And then one day I just had enough. I think by this time I was like 26. I was a director of a, a publicly traded company, um, you know, way too young to be a director at 26 years old. Um, but I, I had been promoted in this position and I was like, I'm going to make the best of it. And <clears throat> we went into a room with a bunch of executives and we were trying to solve a problem. And I was by number one, I was, I was the youngest in the room. I was the least educated in the room. I was the only woman in the room. And there's probably 12 to 14 people. Some of the guys were leaning against the wall. And there's this big problem, you know, are, are we going to, you know, take the company back private or, you know, are we going to stay public? Are we going to try and get, you know, funding? Like, what are we doing here? And I remember I just, I stood up and very peacefully asked a question and, and, and Steven, there was complete silence. Like everybody stopped talking. Everybody turned around and they just looked at me. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like I was having a heart attack. I literally felt like I was going to pass out. And then three or four of the board guys leaned back in their chair and they're like, why haven't we ever thought of that? And the conversation quickly spun into much more positive, much more productive. It almost gave other people uh, permission to ask better questions. From then on, I just really started going down this model of asking better questions, not setting agenda of oh this is my agenda, but really finding out what people were wanting and needing in their in their industry. I was head of strategic alliances and high tech partnerships. I did co uh, co development deals, co technology deals for huge companies. I mean, back in the day, Steven Monster. You know, we did a forty five million dollar tech deal with them. We were doing you know deals with PeopleSoft and Oracle and Siebel, huge huge deals that were you know making the paper left and right. And so. I started doing this and I was quickly recruited away to several different tech companies. And the one thing I continuously heard just all of the time from every single CIO or CEO I met with, they were just blasting the consulting firm. So the Accenture's, the Deloitte's, the IBM's, you know, the PWC's, and it was always the same thing. You know, they, they get in here Monday afternoon, they give us some suggestions and they leave, you know, Thursday early morning and they stay at five-star hotels and they drink all week with their buddies. And then you were hearing the same thing from the consultants. You know you were hearing, they don't even take my advice. I missed my daughter's first step. I didn't get to go to my son's graduation. And I just wanted to figure out a way to marry the need and make it really thoughtful and, and really consider it to both sides. Um, I had absolutely no consulting experience at all, but you know, I'd always been 180 percent of quota for sales. Um, I was the thoughtful leader that would walk away when the, when the company didn't need us. I remember getting written up, Stephen. I walked away from a meeting that took me three and a half months to get. And I walked away from the meeting because they didn't need our service. And they just, I mean, play it however you want. They didn't need our service at all. They just didn't. And we got in the car and he pulled out his briefcase and set it on his lap. And he started writing. He's like, I need you to sign here. And I'm like, what is this? And he's like, I'm writing you up. You didn't ask for the sale. And within two or three days, I gave my resignation because it was all about the sale and not all about the user experience or, or what the client could get from us. It wasn't about building long-term relationships. It was about transactional sales, and I just wasn't a part of that. So fast forward, I ended up starting a company, a consulting firm in 2002. Um, I started with absolutely, I mean, think about this, 2002, one of the worst economic downturns Um, I started it with a cell phone and a loan for $1,500, um, and no SEO, no LinkedIn, no Facebook, no Google AdWords, no help, single mom. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to do what I do best, which is build relationships. I'm going to call people and I'm going to ask them, you know, what is going on for them? Not really expecting anything, but trying to just really find out how I could set my side, uh, sorry, set myself apart from, from other people in the industry. Um, within three months, I had built and collected two point seven million dollars. Tom Siebel was my very first client. Um, Boeing and Honeywell were the the people that we integrated for, and from there built a multi million dollar global firm. Um, really, it was kind of like a baby Accenture or a baby Deloitte. It was just a more thoughtful process, and we, our key differentiators were response time, how we treated others, and um, what what it looked like from a respect you know, from a respect aspect, meaning if we're going to integrate software, I want to know what problem that we're solving. I want to know what risk we're mitigating. And I want to know the purpose. What's the measurement of success? Um, Did that for 16 years, had a 1% talent turnover and just really loved working. How executives connected with their teams. I started noticing that there wasn't a great connection. There wasn't a ton of self awareness. There wasn't a ton of self actualization. Um, There was absolutely no empathy. Um, People didn't know how to ask hard questions. People were very tentative whenever they would speak. And it wasn't good environments. And these were large companies that had, you know, kind of, if you're in front of me, you know, air quotes, powerful leaders. So I started taking a look at what does it mean to lead, like what is a powerful leader, and I decided that I wanted to get more into the human aspect um, of consulting. You know, changing leadership behaviors, really focusing on what worked for leaders, what was their measurement of success, how would they feel successful, um, and not a metrics that maybe the company or the board put for them, but actually their own uh, metrics. So I I I tendered my my resignation i stepped away i'm still chairman of the board um, until the end of 2022 and i started sme which is smalik enterprises and we focus on all aspects of business consulting so you know who's your team why is that your team what is your business strategy um you know what are your pivot models who are you from an operating system Standpoint, like who? How do you? What makes you tick? Where are there growth opportunities that you see? Where are there growth opportunities that others see? And really, kind of getting deep into how you connect with your clients, your customers, your vendors, um, and and ultimately your your team. Um, and so we did that. So we do business consulting around strategy, around uh, retention models, around audience. Um, our second line of business is executive and high performance impact coaching. Um, this is real, real coaching. This is not, you know, life coaching. This is not, you know, make you feel better coaching. This is deep skilled, go in, find out what's working, what's not working, and work with a senior executive for six months to 18 months um, on every aspect of their personal and professional development. And then the third line of business is crisis management. Um, and Stephen, this, this was kind of a newer model for us, and how I got down this road was, after starting the company, I got a phone call from a venture capitalist, and he said, "I think I have a crisis. You know, would you check it out?" And I jumped in, and I I, I absolutely decided to help. Where my skill set was was absolutely zero. Um, when I found out what the actual crisis was, which was money laundering and misappropriated funds. I called him and I told him and I talked to him and I said, hey, you know, I, I think I've found something, but I, I want to maybe give it to a couple other people. And I did and I, I vetted it out and it was a $3 million scheme that turned out to be a $36 million scheme. The claim to fame here, if you will, is whenever I called him to tell him, I was really excited to tell him because I'd, I'd pretty much worked it out how it had happened and what we needed to do. And he said, okay, great, Stephanie, great job, fix it. And he hung up. And I was like, uh, uh, like I didn't even have any idea what to do when he said, fix it. So I, I waited five or 10 minutes. I figured he needed a little bit of time to cool off. Cause I figured this was extremely shocking for him. And I called him back up and I said, so when you say fix it, um, what exactly? And he's like, Stephanie, there's no one in the world that I know who's better connected than you that has true deep relationships, I need you to fix it. You figure out how to fix it. You come back to me with a plan. And so I did, um, I, I knew what I needed to do. This, this person had holdings in three different countries. I knew I needed to you know, clamp down with an NDA. I knew I needed to get a commercial representation. I know I needed to get a lot of people to act very quickly. Um, I knew that I needed to get all the money back to the company. Plus I needed a massive consequence for the, for the person who had done it. And we were able in 96 days to get the entire amount of money paid back, plus 13% restitution, plus get, you know, the family services um, that were needed to get them through this crisis. Um, And all of this was done with the thought of making the company whole again, and keeping this as, um, as, as. Contained as possible, so everybody could keep their jobs, except for the pe- the person who had actually done the crisis. After it happened, I was so elated, I was so excited. Stephen, I was just like, oh my gosh, that was it was really awesome to help somebody who had helped me so much in my life and helped me so much with my companies. So I came back to the to the U.S. and I and I said, hey, here you go. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. And he started laughing at me, and he's like, oh, you think we're done? And I was like wait, what do you mean? And he said, you think we're done? He's like, this is a real thing. He's like, I've got four others for you to do. And so from there, this was 2016, we've had 39 crisis, um, clients and one, only one has ever, ever gotten to media. Now, one thing I want to clarify is, is the, the people who do these crimes, these, you know, whatever, these athletes, these celebrities, these executives, the, the private, private equity, private wealth, you know, um, highly visible people, they still have every bit of consequence. So I don't want people to be like, oh, you know, Stephanie is getting these people off. It's not like that at all. They still have every single bit of the consequence. They just do so without the the media. And and Stephen, my reason for that is this person who we actually ended up um, getting through this crisis, his wife had stage four cancer. and. When I look at how this would have played out for him and his five children and her, those were my biggest concerns. What, what were we going to drag the family through? Um, We've had other incidences where we've gotten the case in the middle and, you know, we have paparazzi or we have, you know, media hanging out of, you know, second and third and fourth grader schools. Um, And it's just really painful for the family. And so the consequence pretty much stays the same. We just move them through the journey a lot faster um, for a lot less money and, um, you know, in, in, a, in a much more private manner. So there you go.
12: Good Lord. So <clears throat> I see a few, a few things that I think would pop out and maybe um, it, some clarification would be great for those in those listening. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I noticed was gumption. So you stood up in that meeting and you said what you had to say. Second thing I saw was gumption again, where you said, I'm going to start my own business. Um, and then I see this taking on um, new things that you've never done before. And then number four was you obviously had mentors and you were, you spoke a little bit about one. Can we, I'm going to, I'm going to reset the room for a second, but after that, i want to ask you a question. If we can go back to that time, you stood up in the boardroom, take a, take a moment and I'm going to do the, I'm going to reset the room if you don't mind. Okay. Sure. All right. So here we go. It just disappeared. The reset. There it is. Okay, good. So you're, you're in Breakfast of Champions, the Millionaire Club. We're here to bring you motivation, education and inspiration from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Monday to Friday, Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Saturday and on Club 111 on Sundays, along with incredible sessions from the top thought leaders moving, all moving, moving. Oh, sorry. Top thought leaders all morning long. We have breakout and pop-up rooms throughout this afternoon and evening. This includes the amazing social media show each day at 11 a.m., plus celebrity interviews and trending topics and much, much more. We don't want you to miss a moment. Make sure you're uh, following the Breakfast with Champions Club on Clubhouse by clicking the little green house at the top of the screen, and be sure to follow us on social media to be first to know as we expand to more social media platforms. Okay, so, Stephanie... um, take us back to that day in the, in the boardroom, what, what had you fed up enough to stand and then what gave you the power to stand?
7: Sorry, okay. I lost my mute button. Um, so, oh gosh, that's just such a great question. So, so Steven, you know, I think the thing that really got me frustrated was it was a giant mix of, of the same question over and over again, and, and I, I just, and, and there was so much integration into the question. Like you know, somebody would ask it, and you know, by the way, I was in a room with insanely intelligent people. These weren't these weren't a bunch of slouches. These were people that you know were venture capitalists and you know, part of Kleiner Perkins or part of Crystal Ventures. These were people that had done four or five ventures and, and were very successful. But the same questions kept coming up, just in a different version. And this was probably you know, I, I don't know, maybe my 20th or 30th meeting with this company over the last year and a half in this setting. And, and I, I was very timid. Don't, don't, please don't, don't think that I just stood up and, you know, flipped a table over and I was like, Hey, let's do things differently. <laughs> I literally, I mean, now maybe nothing, yeah, um, exactly. but, but I stood up and I was very meek and I, and I think I even had like a, a folder in front of me cause I was, you know, protecting myself a little bit. And I said, Hey, you know, what would happen if we asked, Some different questions, and then I kind of named one or two questions. The silence felt like it was a strong five minutes. Um, I think it was it was probably closer to twenty or thirty seconds, and I'll never forget the gentleman who who actually leaned forward and started taking notes again, and he said, "Why don't we do it? Why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we explore some of those questions?" And I sat down so fast, and, and Stephen, I think I sat down so fast because I really believed I was going to pass out. And I was just like, okay, somebody has actually talked, now they're going to move forward. And then everybody kind of turned their little swivel chairs and directed at me, and they're like, Stephanie, give us some ideas of how you think this should go. Well, I hadn't thought that far, Stephen. I hadn't thought of how this should go. I just thought of, these are really stupid questions, and we need to ask better questions if we're, we're looking to get better results. So that's kind of that aspect. Um the gumption was, I want to make a change, and I want to be a. a I want to make a difference. We had, you know, what I did. I I actually was in the room, and I was thinking about the people's salaries that were in the room. So I knew one of them because one of them had just gone public. So I I knew one of the salaries, and I was thinking if we take if we if we subtract half. So if we take fifty percent of that away, and then we multiply that times twelve we're at millions and millions and millions of dollars in this room over the last 20 meetings. What the hell are we doing? And that was really the gumption. It was more like, Hey, how do I save the company money? How do I save funds? How do I get us to the next level?
12: Love that. That's, 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 that's keeping it simple. You know what I mean? Like that's breaking it down. I love that basics. Yeah. But yeah, so um the gumption and then and then um you you just went on from there and they're like okay uh, Stephanie's a go-to person for this or what happened
7: yeah i mean really you know so so that was it and, and again Stephen, here's my thing i had i had a little girl i had no family resources i had no help and so um around that time she had kind of started she'd started school and so my 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 days had gotten a lot shorter so i had to really make an m- impact when i was in there um, I didn't, wasn't able to get into the office till nine. Most of the time I had to leave at three and, you know, I had to do her activities with her and then, you know, lay her down at seven 30 and then just start working, you know, again, until very late at night to make sure I could get my deadlines and my goals done. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy and it, and it wasn't straight and it wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination. And I had to have a lot of really hard conversations with, um, with, you know, my bosses and, and other leaders. Um, and, and you know, it it wasn't easy. But I think the biggest thing was, is I always jumped in. I always was the go-to person and not because I knew the answer, just they knew I wouldn't stop until I got the answer. From yes. that time on, Steven, that's pretty much when people just started reaching out and saying, hey, would you come consult? Or, hey, would you come take a look at this? VCs started saying, hey, Steph, would you take a look at this deck and let me know what we're missing? Um, and that that's really where things just, Start stopped being so so difficult. People started wanting more of my expertise. People started wanting more of what made the questions so good. What was I thinking? What was my you know what was my point of view?
13: Is it, is it
12: suffice to say you like to keep it simple? Is that is that did I nail it with that or? Well.
7: Yes, the thing is is it wasn't intentional. I wasn't trying to keep it simple. I was in, a, I was in a room. I mean, Stephen, I was in rooms with MIT, with Harvard, with Stanford. I was trying to make it as difficult as I possibly could to prove that I belonged in the room and And everything just kept coming back to, gosh, we're like we're doing like 30 cycles for something that should take two or three. Like we are wasting so much time and most of the time venture capital money. Like, let's make this easier on everybody. Let's like, let's, let's be impactful and like actually make a difference.
12: Well, it's, it, it's refreshing. And and this is that, you know, that's, I guess that's why we're aligned. I'm, I'm sort of the same way. Like just cut the shit and let's go, let's, let's get to it. Right. I mean, we don't need all of this fluff, especially when it's someone else, someone else's money. <clears throat> right. So if you look at your whole story up until this point, we're going to get to some more stuff in a second. But from that part of the portion of the story you told, what should every listener hear from your story. What's the one action item they can implement right now to get resort results short term? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but just one thing they can they can take right now and go, oh, I can implement that right away.
7: Okay, so you know me, I'm I don't I'm not super amazingly awesome at following directions. I'm gonna give three, okay? here's the three. <laughs> the three are listen to everything that's not being said. Like you can start that right now. Just talk to somebody and when you're engaging with them, look in their eyes. And, and, and like actually have the conversation, take technology out of your hand, like actually look at them and, and hear everything and see everything that's not being said. Are they uncomfortable? You know, are they nervous? Are they happy? Are they edgy? Take a look at all of those things. Um, and and that's number one, number two, ask better questions. Don't ask questions that are mundane. Don't ask questions that you don't care about, you know? Don't, don't say, How are you? Ask a different question. Say, you know, how are you feeling today? Or hey, I noticed on your social media you had blah, blah, blah. You know, I'd love to catch up on that. Ask really, really strong questions. And then I would say the third thing is listen to understand, not to respond. Don't wait for somebody to finish speaking. Try to understand their perspective of what they're what they're actually going through. It could be really positive, it could be negative, it could be neutral. It doesn't really matter. Just engage with them and let them know that you are there and you, you want to get them to the next level, lift other people up in every single thing that you do every day.
12: Boom. I love it. That's what I'm talking about. So now we're getting some juicy stuff and this could be, um, this could be fun. So, I, um, I was drawn to you when I saw a post, a random post. We, we weren't even connected. I saw your post on LinkedIn and it was, it was written, I am a female CEO. And you crossed out the word female, right? I was like, huh. And this really struck me as a powerful statement because it goes against the current identity preaching. Right. And since I work with and have amazing relationships with powerful women like Lauren Resnick, who's in the room right now, and Amelia Antonetti, who's also in the room often, um, I had to reach out. I'm like, okay, I need to reach out. And uh I did, and I got an appointment through your assistant, which I'm not used to, so um, that was a, that was a, a new experience again. <laughs> Hopefully she <laughs> and, was uh, nice to you. <laughs> oh, she was awesome. She was awesome. And then we did jump on the phone and I, I, it's, I have to say, when I jumped on the phone with you, it was like when I jumped on the phone with Lauren or Amelia, where it was just like, we just hit it off right away. And that leads me to believe that my intuition from the past and all of the businesses that I run and the, the PLCs and the NASDAQ and all that kind of stuff is that I, I always saw the top 15% performers were very few. And they were typically women. And I, I always thought, OK, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just seeing this. Maybe it was my experience. But the more and more I talk to people like you or Amelia or Lauren, I'm like, damn, you know, that these powerful women are out there. So let me ask you this. Why the post? What was the driver for you to post such a provocative statement? I am a female CEO and you crossed out female
7: um okay yeah so this is super putting me on the spot i'm not sure that this is going to be very popular but i'm going to tell you exactly what happened
12: we need the truth Um,
7: okay here you go you ready so i got a very um interesting and and highly inappropriate dm um and basically he was saying things that he wanted to do to me (laughs) and then Right. It was, it was awesome. Um, what was even more awesome is most of the time, I don't man my own, my own social media because I'm with clients. So that was even more interesting, which is a whole other story. Um, but it was, it was, it was not, you know, you know, a lot of times I get, Oh, you're so pretty. Or I get, you know, um, thank you for doing this. You know, you're, you're beautiful inside and out. It wasn't like that. It was, it was really, really inappropriate, really inappropriate. And I responded back and I said something to the effect of, I appreciate you reaching out. However, this is, this is highly inappropriate. Um, you know, Please refrain from sending me these messages. Um, I just wanted to let you know that I'll be blocking you moving forward, but you should really consider and think about what you're saying and how you're addressing people. You would never address a, a male in this manner. And I had no longer like, I, so by the way, Stephen, I had never done this before. So I was looking for the block. I didn't even know how to do it because I had never blocked anybody before which was even stranger because I took me way too long. And he essentially told me that I was only where I was today because of my looks and because of luck and because of having a silver spoon. And I was so, it was funny. My team, my team was furious. I was stunned. My very first thing was hurt people hurt people. That's what happens. Um, I wasn't angry, but I did want to educate him because I thought, gosh, you know what, Steven, what if he did that to somebody else who wasn't as strong or who maybe got them to stop or, or, you know, maybe just said something really hurtful that made that person not believe in themselves. So I, I wrote a very thoughtful message back. and. I just said to him, I said, you know, I'm, first of all, I addressed the silver spoon. I addressed the privilege. I addressed the female. I addressed kind of everything in those. And, and it was very succinct. It was very succinct. It was very professional. And looking back on it, I probably shouldn't have said anything at all. And I really didn't say anything for me. I really said something for future women who maybe had not gone through this, maybe were a little younger. Um, Maybe we're a little shakier. You know, I think about me when I was 30 and I probably, that probably would have collapsed me or I would have been like, oh my gosh, what vibe did I give off? I would have put it all on myself. Um, And I didn't. And I wrote this message and three days later, he sent me a three page email. Um, He apologized profusely. He said that he had um, had a very negative experience with a female who had resembled me. And that he had essentially put me in this box and that he would not ever act in this manner again. And that he would never, ever consider, um, speaking this way or talking this way to somebody else. And that he was really doing it for time and attention. Um, and then he said to me, you really should tell a lot more people your story because it was so inspiring. And I was like, I don't, I'm just kind of professional on LinkedIn. Like, I'm not trying to tell anybody, like who cares? Like everybody's just doing their best and everybody's really trying to show up and, You know, really like people are just really trying their best, especially right now during the pandemic. Like I'm not going to go out there and, and, and put all this out there. And so I was talking to our media person and I wrote something that they took from that email or I'm sorry, that message that I had sent to him. And, um, and, and, and I posted it and the next day we had like a million hits on it. And I had 740 DMs from other people saying, just thank you. Like, just thank you. That was amazing. How do I learn more? It was so inspiring. And I had never even had any idea. I didn't even know what viral meant. Um, So I just was authentic and honest and just shared.
12: That's incredible. Um, See, I didn't know that backstory. And it's great that you did that because, or that you shared that because, someone reading it. And I saw some of the snarky comments that on also, yeah.
7: happened, you know, right?
12: And, and I was like, wow, I mean, even they're even going at you now. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do almost, right? And, right. There's,
7: there's, right. and, and
12: that's the whole point, right? There's always going to be someone out there, there's always going to be people out there and people who are hurt, hurt people, right? Just like you said, and also if people are frustrated are going to go out and lash out because they're trying to get significance and significance is uh, when you're upset, you get significance by putting other people down. And it's just horrible. But that's that's the way it, it, it happens sometimes, I guess. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, sure, um, yeah, sure. it's, it's, you know, impressive. And I love how you add in between all the what you're talking here. Like, I didn't even know what the, what, what the block button was, or, you know, <laughs> you, you say, these things, but no, but that's real. You know what I'm saying, Stephanie? And that's what I'm talking about. And that's, that's why I dig you. You know, I think you're such a cool person and we ha- that's why we hit it off because you're freaking real. And I, I, I have to stress that the people that I meet that I connect with the most are real people. They're not, Coaching the words out, they're not trying to, you know, figure out what to say perfectly so they sound like, you know, whatever, whatever. I love that about you, and I just wanted to call you out in public to say that. So, uh,
7: (laughs) (laughs) thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, you know, like we talked about on our on our call, you know, sometimes I'm I'm not for everyone for sure, but like I just told you about the whole Forbes thing when they said how do you how do you pick a coach? How do you pick, you know, an executive or an entrepreneur entrepreneur coach? How do you pick somebody? who's really solid and who's going to actually deliver on results. And I said, you know, the very first thing you do is you ask your coach about their failures. We hear all of these trajectories on winning. Oh, we won. And this is what I've done. And here are my numbers and all of these different things. But I want to know how you failed. I want to know what happened to you when you failed. I want to understand how many times you failed. I want to understand how you picked yourself back up. I want to understand what happened for you next. What were your resources? Who are the people that were surrounding you? And again, it probably wasn't the most popular but, but I, I don't know. I just feel like there's so many things on social media that are just not real. Um, I'm so real. Like, I will tell you if I don't know, we just had, Stephen, yesterday we had a, um, somebody made a fake Instagram account and posted it from me. And we've been trying for 24 hours to figure out how to get this fake Instagram post off. And who cares a fake Instagram post, right? Well, when I was getting the screenshots of what they were saying and, you know, come join me in a private chat or, Hey, click my link and I'm going to send you these services just enter $5 here. And we had 3000 of these emails that were coming in and we, I was going crazy. I mean, I had to cancel some of my day. Um, my team was going nuts. We were trying to get a hold of Instagram to, t- to tell them at the end of the day yesterday at nine o'clock, keep in mind, this is my picture. It's all my content. It's all my clients. It's my client's testimonials on a fake account with my name spelled differently. Okay. And and Instagram responds back and they say, I'm sorry, this does not violate the community rules. And I was so stunned that people were actually going in and saying, Hey, Stephen Kuhn, would you like to join me in a private chat later? And I'm like, oh my, and they're sending me these pictures and I'm literally sweating to death in a conference call going, how do I fix this and how do I make this better for other people? So I don't ever, I don't ever say, hey, I've got all the answers. What I do say is I won't stop until you're well-connected and you are at your next level of success. That's it.
12: Whoa. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, we could all sing a song here about those fake accounts. I have some guy that's been stalking me for three years. and He has accounts on every platform. You can imagine he's embezzled over $50,000 from different women. It's horrible. All in my name. Yeah, it's horrible.
7: Lovely, That's amazing.
12: Yeah. Um, but, you know, moving on. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Come on, that's um, so, horrible, Stephen. That's
12: really bad. <laughs> so let 's shift gears for a second, because when I was um, scanning through your post because after you read a post like that you're like okay what's this? what 's this woman all about right So another post I saw all years on LinkedIn was your beginning, right the little Stephanie who lost her father to drowning at the age of three, and I specifically I specifically wish to discuss your beginnings because it 's going to show a clear contrast to what was and what is and and if it 's not too you know too personal too too uh, too much, maybe you could share us share with us a little bit of, of your of your beginning starting with that. When your father um, passed
7: yeah sure um so uh, my father passed away he my father drowned um when i was three if that wasn't bad enough it took him 20 days to recover his body which was absolutely horrible for my mother um my mother had a full and complete total psychotic break um which at the time you know nobody really knew what that meant but she was not able to function after that at all Um, she became insanely emotionally and uh, verbally and physically abusive to both myself and my younger brother. And, um, it got just unbearable, Stephen, It was just ridiculous. She was showing up at school and doing crazy things. She was, you know, she had, she had burned me with a, with a cigarette. She had, um, used a stun gun on my brother. It was really bad. And, um, at 15, I was, I was like, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. And I had been working odd jobs. I, you know, worked at, uh, you know, a retail company, Contempo Casuals, which is like a forever 21. Um, I was working at Foster Farms. I was in school full time doing terribly in school, just being awful to my teachers, being just a horrible human being to, to people that were around me. Cause again, hurt people hurt people. Um, and I essentially was trying to figure out, remember again, no internet, none of this stuff. I was just talking to people and going, what can I do? I'm I'm not mad and I don't want to hurt her. I just want to separate. I just don't want to do this anymore. And um I talked to my oldest aunt, and my oldest aunt said, you know, these are some of the things that you could do. And so I went and I got emancipated. And it's actually really funny because I mean it's funny now, but I, I got emancipated. So what you do is you petition the court and you basically say to the court that you're an adult. And they they check out, you know, how will you support yourself? How will you continue your education? How will you do all of these things? Okay. So I go in and I I have, you know, my character letters from my principal at my school and a couple, you know, other people. And the judge tells me, Miss Malik, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm gonna tell you something right now. In my 30 years on the bench, I have never ever granted an emancipation without like taking it under submission, without you know, checking out some things. He's like, I'm gonna fully grant your emancipation today. And he's like, you know, best of luck. Remember every single thing that you do moving forward, you will be an adult. You can go get a driver's license. If you steal something, you will be put in, in, in the actual women's facility jail. Um, whatever consequences you have are fully 100% an adult. And so I was like, you know, whatever, thumbs up, cool. I wasn't going to do anything. So I walk out and all of a sudden, Steven, I'm like sick. I'm like, Uh, how do I get an apartment? Like, who's going to rent to a 15-year-old kid? How do I sign a lease? How do I get a driver's license? Like, nothing was clear. Um, And so, you know, that led to me being homeless two or three times and, you know, couch surfing and all of these crazy things. Um, I got, I I applied for college on academic probation because I was way, way too young. Um, I went to the furthest college I possibly could away from my hometown on a Greyhound bus with $126 in my pocket. I rented a an apartment um, from a woman who housed nine greyhounds inside I'm sorry, bloodhounds, nine bloodhounds inside of her home, um, which were there was hair everywhere, it was filthy. I got her from a penny saver and I said, I can pay you rent, you know, right now, but deposit will have to be next month. I got a job and was waitressing two different jobs, taking the bus. Um, and I I, I lived like that for for two and a half years until I was able to save money figured out what credit was, figured out kind of what all of those things were, um, taking the bus everywhere, no family support again, first generation here on both sides. My mom was born in Portugal in the Azores and my dad was born in, in the Middle East. Um, and it was really, really, really hard. And I got down to school at 20. Um, I married the first guy who kind of paid attention to me, who was a I was at the gym and he was a bodybuilder and everybody said, oh gosh, he he doesn't go out with anybody and you should go out with him. And so I somehow thought that was a great idea. I went out with him and we dated for, you know, six or eight months, got married, um, had a baby. We were divorced in 11 months. I paid him alimony. We were fully divorced by the time I was 23 years old. And now I have this little human looking back at me like, you know, hey, it's you and me, what are we doing here? And that's, that's really how things, Happened, and you know, Stephen, you mentioned mentors earlier. You you know, I had them, but they they didn't have that name. They were people that that guided me. They were people that were really, you know, say, "Hey, Steph, do this, don't do this," or "Hey, maybe you should think about this." Um, They expanded my brain to things that I didn't even have an idea, um, uh, uh, like about at all, and and simple, simple things like you know, leasing a car opposed to buying a car. Um, just very small things that I never had the chance to develop because I didn't have any parental guidance um, of any sort. And so doing that and then just being a super, super hard worker, um, taking odd jobs, never saying you know no to anything, it, I, I really started to climb the corporate ladder. Um, by the time I was 26 years old, I was making $180,000 a year on a very low base salary, on a $25,000 base salary. Um, And I was connecting with clients and I was connecting with customers and I was doing things very, very differently. And it was all around care and concern and compassion and empathy.
12: Do you think that came from, um, what you wanted to see in the world from, from, from where you just just explained where you came from?
7: You know what, Steven, I think it came from a super fake place. I think I was trying to be older. I think I was trying to be more mature I think I was trying to truly keep my crap together. I think I was emulating what I saw in other people. And I think what happened was I was so young and so junior that I would I was trying very hard to act older and act more mature. What happened during that time was people connected with me. So when I would ask the question, because I always meant the question, I, always, I was very genuine in my ask, but I was not genuine maybe in my body language or I wasn't genuine in how I was doing it because I was just watching other people that were older than me that I viewed as successful. I was watching them do it. And so I thought, oh, gosh, you know what? I can actually do this, too. The difference was people would sit down and connect with me. And the reason why they did that is because I was young, because I was tenacious, because I wanted to learn, because I always did it on their time. Like there are so many times where I would say, I would try and get a meeting and try and get a meeting and try and get a meeting. And they'd be like, nope, 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 nope. And then I would, you know, show up with, you know, a Starbucks coffee or I would show up with food and I would say, let me just walk with you to your car. And I would get five minutes or, you know, 10 minutes, maybe in an elevator to a car. And really, I just wanted to make the connection. Yes, this is a, this would be a good follow-up meeting or no, you know what, this wouldn't be a good meeting. They were so blown away that I was willing to take such a small amount of time on their time that the relationship started to form and develop. So I don't think anything was real about it, truthfully, Stephen, until I started to see how people reacted to me. And then I really wanted to develop that part of me.
12: Well, it sounds like real to me. It, it sounds like someone who did what it took to survive, adapted what was working around them, used it to their advantage and made something massive out of it. And for that, I gotta say, I, I'm, I'm very impressed. I mean, it's just, it's really such a pleasure uh, to, to speak with you and meet you and have this opportunity to interview you. And I mean that I'm not just saying that that's not clubhouse fluff right there. That's real. All right. So
7: thank you so much for the opportunity too. I really appreciate it. I'm brand new on clubhouse. I've, I've been asked to mod in a few rooms and I was like, what does mod mean? And they're like the green bean. I was like, I still don't know what that means. Give me more.
12: (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we, we head out and we, we have about, about, T- t- 10, 15 minutes left. We're going to ask, we're going to get some questions from, um, the, the audience, but before we do, I want to ask you a question. i I just, just, just dropped out of my, out of my head because I don't know, I feel like you're inspiring something in, in the world. And what do you want for the world? What do you want for your world and the impact and legacy? What, what, what do you want?
7: You know, so everybody, I think everybody knows Trevor Houston, um, Trevor Houston, and I had a conversation last or a couple weeks ago and he actually said something to me and, and it was interesting. I've, I've heard it a lot, Stephen, like I've heard it a lot, but when you hear it from somebody who doesn't know you and doesn't know your story and doesn't know like all of these different things, um, he said, and, and you know, we're not in person, we were on zoom and I was talking to him and we just had a 10 minute quick conversation. We were, were collaborating on some other things. And, um, he said, Stephanie, every single time you show up. You make me feel so special. And that hit me so hard because I've heard that. I've heard that from clients that, you know, you really do care. You know what? Thank you for noticing this. Um, I want to leave this world every single day when I close my eyes at night. I want to make people feel special. I want to make them believe in themselves. I want them to believe that they have the power to do it because if I can do it, anybody can do it. I want to be known as the absolute best mother in the entire world. I want to be known as the best, most honorable wife. I want to be known as a strategic leader. And I want people to believe in the power of that they have their own gifts. Just because there's a rock or just because there's a stumbling block or just because there's something in the way, there are people out there that if you truly ask and you are coming from a great and a genuine place and you say, hey, you know, help me with this and vet vet this out with me they will do it. Last night I got a DM at 11.45 last night and there was a gentleman that was just having a very small issue. And we did 15 messages back and forth. And and he sent me a message this morning at 5.20 and said, you solved this for me. And I said, no, you solved it for you. I just was your sounding board. I just want people to believe in themselves. I want people to make this world a better place through kindness and empathy and grace and self-awareness.
12: Well, uh, you've convinced me. Uh, so, <laughs> so awesome! I mean, what, what, a, what a great interview! I had no idea what to expect, and I, and I like it that way. Um, so, thanks for taking the time out of your day. We're going to take a few. We have about ten minutes left before the next segment with um, the famous Ramon. And before we do, I'd like to take some questions. Anybody who has any questions for the fabulous Stephanie, flash your mic. Lauren, I see Lauren down there already, my partner.
2: Of course. Hey, Stephen. Hi, Stephanie. So great to hear your stories. Absolutely amazing. And I I 100% have to connect with you offline. you know, something that uh, not exactly a question, but something that really um, stood out for me was your point about um, mentors or coaches and listening and understanding their failures. I was actually speaking to a client just about this yesterday. And, you know, especially on Instagram now, you see a lot of people uh, promote themselves saying how much they've made each week with clients, how successful they are. And you see all of that. But what, we're not seeing is the backstories. How long did it take to get there? How many failures did it take? And I think it's so important for people to resonate with a coach when they do understand that it did take hard work, that things did fail and you got out of it. And it's the getting out of it that I think is the trick. It's the real, uh, it's the part that connects because I think when, when people are looking for a coach, they're looking to get either get out of a hard place or to get out of a failure or obviously prevent a failure. So I think it's so important that point that you made, which is um, really understanding how your coach or mentor got through a challenging time as opposed to just being successful now. So I wanted to thank you again for your story and um, sharing all those points, I mean, it's truly inspirational. Thank you so much.
7: Thank you, Lauren. I really appreciate it. And you know, I tell everybody this and like Stephen says, I'm I'm pretty much an open book. Like I'm going to tell you straight. And I tell everybody when they're like, Hey, how did you get so successful so fast? I'm like, Oh yeah, I am literally like the fastest, you know, overnight 10 year success. Um, it's not real. It's, you have to work really hard. When I see laptop lifestyle and toes in the sand, I literally get so frustrated. It's not real. It's not sustainable. You have to grow every single day and be a constant and curious student every single day. People ask me all the time, do you coach men and wif- women differently? Of course. My methodology is the same. You know, my roadmaps are the same, but men and women care about different things and they hear very differently. So yes, I coach them very differently, but is it the same model? Sure, it's the same model. And then the other thing that you said, Lauren, that, that super resonates, you know, I started SME and before when the pandemic hit was March 16th, I was in, I was in New York city by March 1st, we had made our revenue numbers for the year. So we had collected the retainers for crisis and for consulting and for coaching for the year. I was booked out through 2022. So, so that's a three year book out by April 16th. I had returned 85% of the retainers because the clients were in crisis and I could not assure them that what they were going to be telling me over zoom would be safe and would be privileged and wouldn't be able to be accessed by others. So within one month of going, Oh, Hey, you're on top of the world to in one month, having every kid in, you know, I have four fall apart, come home from college, not start school. to giving 85% of the retainers back. That's real. I will tell every single person that that's real. I've pivoted the business three different times. And and that's just the truth, the most truth and the honest I could be.
12: Awesome. That's awesome. You know what would be cool is if everybody in the room here all the mods would go on Instagram today sometime and post one of their failures and their lesson out of it. I think that would be a really cool exercise for everyone to see. Um, thanks for that inspiration. Um, Cause you're right. You know, it just doesn't happen enough that often. So we have any more questions before we head out. We got about six minutes. Anyone else flash your mic or just speak up.
3: Hey,
11: Steven. Good morning. Hi, Stephanie. Good morning. And everyone Hi. else, this is Naida. Um, I'm incredibly compelled by your story, Stephanie. I've been a management consultant in the Washington, D.C. area for almost 20 years, and I've been trying to pivot for the past couple. And I've made probably the most progress ever. I've gotten my first subcontract, fingers crossed, in the books, and I've had a few individual clients. But no matter what I do for individual clients and me trying to break out of management consulting because it's the only thing I've done, I find myself uh, going back there um, and working on pivots since you brought up, because I was going to ask a completely different question, but it, I think that might require a private conversation. How, how do I find what it is I'm supposed to do and stick to it? And I apologize in advance if it's convoluted and not clear.
7: (laughs) This This isn't convoluted and it's very, very clear. So first of all, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to DM me on Instagram so we can have that private conversation. Second of all, I've done this with about 20 management consulting um, people in the last two years. And what we've come up with is this, okay? You guys are programmed for two years to do things the firm's way. All of your methodology, and 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 by the way, I can tell from you that you have your own flavor, and I can tell that you have your own style. You're lucky. You're one of the lucky ones. There's so many people that are just like, yeah, that's the way the firm does it. That's how. That's you know. That's what happens." Um, what I have found is once we can break out of that mold and we can talk about the two or three things that light you up, not the things that you're good at not the things that you know. You already know what that is. You already know what your experience is. Don't repeat your same experience, stretch yourself. Think about the things that you absolutely love that lights you up, that doesn't feel like work. Um, The contracts and everything else, getting the subcontract on on the paper, making sure that your contracts are correct and you're protected and all that, we can deal with all of that later. Right now, think of two or three things that make you so happy and so fulfilled. And you may not even be the best at it right now. Say you're at, like, say you're a C player. What's it going to take to get you to be that A or B player? I can almost guarantee you that you're selling yourself short. Um, it's it's just programming, and and it's the, it's something that I absolutely love, love to work with because just even answering the questions for you, just going through it and hearing what you're going to say, it'll light me up that we have answers to actually solution this. And you can be well on your way to breaking free from management consulting and going, and doing something that you're passionate about.
11: I'll be DMing you now. Thank
14: you. <laughs> Great. Thank you.
12: That's what I'm talking about right there. That is awesome. I love that, Stephanie, man. That's what I'm talking about. So we're going to wrap this up right now. Um, we're going to move on to the next segment. Uh, Stephanie, I'm going to go. on want to review what you said. The three things that I took down here um, to repeat to everybody was the three tips that I said. What should everyone take from your story? And you said, listen to everything not being said. You said, ask better questions that you actually care about, and listen to understand, not to respond. Um, I think there are three great takeaways that people can implement right freaking now, so they could get started and actually start shifting their lives to be a better it's more successful version of themselves. And that's what it's all about. Would you agree?
7: I absolutely would. And, (laughs) And Steven, you know what? Thank you so much for this. I really, really, truly appreciate it. You know, I get asked to be in rooms all the time, but it's not very often that you align with all of the messaging and just hearing the amazing people in this room and their stories, listening to Glenn this morning, you know, hearing from Sarah, um I've I, you know, listened to Brielle a few times. Like I really appreciate the invite and how strategically we were aligned. So thank you very much.
12: My absolute pleasure. It was uh it was a lot of fun looking forward to catching up. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll meet you when I'm in the states there sometimes. Uh sometime I'm not sure. Uh if you're going to be in the same place. But a fantastic day to you. Thanks so much for being here.
7: Thank you so much.
12: All right. Everyone else? I'm going to reset the room, then we're going to hand it over. You are in Breakfast with Champions, a Millionaire Breakfast Club. We're here to bring you motivation, education, inspiration from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Saturday, and Club 111 on Sundays. There's no other place... We're nearly 80 thought leaders with this variety of experience and and approaches across industries, as well as offering political and ideological, ideological, hello, beliefs come together in one place. Our goal is to help you succeed. If you're finding value in this room, could we ask you to do one thing? Could you share the Breakfast with Champions podcast with one other person today? Maybe that family member who says, the heck is Clubhouse, or that friend who seems a little bit stuck in their career. This segment here will will be coming out soon. I think it would be a great one to share with a lot of these powerful women out there that are not following their intuition. So right now, go to breakfastwithchampions.live, click the top link, subscribe to the podcast, and pick any favorite episode to text to a friend or share on social media, and then tag us. How's that sound? I hope you have a fantastic day. Turning it over to my man, Ramon. Have a fantastic one. Remember that one thing that we always say? It's all about quality of life. Hey, Stephen Kuhn.
15: Thank you so much. And Stephen, I've often I have a lot I can say, Stephen, but some days I just want to sit and have the se- segment go on and on. Thanks for your wonderful guest, Stephen. Uh, do you ever feel that way, Stephen, that you just like you hear a segment and you're like, I don't want to talk. I-, I
12: feel like crying and laughing at the same time. What do you think, brother? Well, it, I'm I'm exactly the same. I love those kind of because because they, they really they pull something out of us, don't they? They actually bring some emotion to to the surface that is sort of surprising in a day where guys like us we run companies and things and we're like we're in control and sometimes it just surprises you. So yeah, embrace it and and enjoy it.
15: Yeah, I appreciate it, brother. Enjoy the rest of your day uh, with your beautiful family and all that you do. Everybody, that was Stephen Coons, one of the best hosts on Breakfast with Champions. In fact, he was just rated having the best, best segment today from 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. I just got the results from the BWC (laughs) voting committee. No, Stephen, I just got it. And they said your segment was the best from 6.30 to 7.30. (laughs) Great job, Stephen. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding welcome to breakfast with champions ramones top 10 show exclusively on breakfast the champions today we're going to talk about when should you fire your customer and nine of the things that are going to help you have a better life or build a better business if you weren't with us yesterday we talked about facebook possibly changing its name we talked about the metaverse and other things and we're going to touch on some of that today day. So get ready, buckle up, hold on to your seats. And I think everything's okay. I thought I heard a voice. Maybe someone wanted to chime in. It's hard to hear sometimes through my headphones. I'll be paused for a minute. No? Okay, good. So with that, let's go on. And I see someone texting me. Let me just see. Good, good, good. Here we go. So ding, 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 ding. Segment number one, using your house for a movie set can be good, but disruptive. I thought just to tell some of you, some of you have like baller houses, and you may be like, Ramon, my house is so fly, like Stephen Coon's. I've seen his house. It's a baller house, beautiful. Maybe he wants to have Leonardo DiCaprio or Denzel Washington come by and fill the next movie shoot there. I don't know. I just thought to share it. When I saw that headline, it grabbed me. I'm like, you know what? Maybe somebody here has a house. I know Glenn Lundy has an amazing house. That's what he said. So he may want to have a movie shot in his house. Ding, 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 ding. How to fix Facebook, IG, and social media. We talked yesterday all about social media. It's something we do quite a bit at Breakfast with Champions. And it got me thinking. Oftentimes we justifiably complain about social media. But I must say, did you know one simple thing we can do is to change the defaults. Change the defaults. Three things you can do right now so that you're not sucked into the social media vortex. Remembering it is a choice, by the way, that we choose to, because we like the connectivity. God has made us as humans loving to connect with each other, loving to hug each other, shake hands with each other, affirm each other, see a smile. So social media does have its benefits. I mean, imagine if I was faxing Tamara three times a day, telling her something. That'd be kind of, it just wouldn't be the same experience as sending her a video or audio message. So one, don't. Show the darn notifications. I've done this on my phone. I can get down and dirty with social with the best of them, right? We're all in this together. We all know about social media and all these things. People like Brian Fanzo maybe take it to another degree, but we can all get on social media. But I've turned off the notifications on most of my apps so even whatsapp i control certain groups i don't show the notifications of i manually go and check them so that's one edit your phone adjust your phone so you don't see the notifications number two change the way that the posts are viewed did you know that the social media people that be I think Facebook, in fact, recently changed the algorithm to show you the post not in chronolog- chronological order, but by some secret algorithm to feed you the post they think you want the most, which could be a good thing. But you know what? Put it back to chronological or however you want. The point being, you can change the way you're viewing posts to the way you want. Number three, limit. The data that the social media companies collect on you. Now, that can be very political, and I'm not going to get into it right now. We covered this for like three or four hours, it seemed, last night, an amazing pop-up room all about this. But my point is I'm from the belief I just don't care about tracking. It doesn't bother me. I've given up. The world has my data, and it's the way it is. I do understand when I click on an ad in the airport, that ad's going to follow me to the home. It's going to follow me to my church. It's going to follow me in my car. It's going to follow me until I buy, and then even after I buy. I don't care anymore. Some of you may not like that. You can limit the amount or what data is collected on you by many of the social media companies. So definitely do consider that.
16: Ding, 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 ding.
15: Point number three. What makes a great YouTube? channel. This was pretty cool. Many of us are trying to build a variety of platforms and a variety of different areas. Here we're on social audio, but YouTube is still a formidable uh, uh, platform that many of us are considering. This was done by Yoast. Yoast is an amazing WordPress plugin that helps you with all things SEO. And they had a few key points, which I'm going to take the time a bit to go through with how to make a great YouTube channel. By the way, those of you are listening to the sound of my voice, live or who will be listening to the podcast episode of it, all you have to do is DM me on Instagram, DM me on Instagram, simply three letters, BWC, BWC, and I will send you all these tips, and you can follow along with me right now, in fact. So BWC on Instagram, just DM that to me, and I will send you this entire list, my show notes. So what do they say? Here's how to make a great YouTube channel. Check this out. And some things that you're hearing, it could be very helpful for you for other uh, channels or other platforms as well. One, a clear value proposition for subscribers. Two, all killer content, meaning all great content, and no filler content. Three. Featured sections on your homepage. I recently did that even on my own uh, YouTube channel, Smart Hustle. It's not something I'm diving into a lot, but you can even see what I've done. YouTube.com slash Smart Hustle. I have some featured section, Ramon's interview, Ramon tips, things like that. Number four, a channel trailer and a featured video. A channel trailer and a featured video. Number five. Beautifully designed and consistent thumbnails. I must say, um, Evan Carmichael, uh, an online influencer, really says this quite a bit as a social media marketing world, and he said that was one thing he did which really, quote-unquote, 10xed his YouTube channel by just having better, more vibrant, more clear, and consistent thumbnails. All this takes time. So be careful what you invest your time in because we can't do everything. Number six, click worthy titles. I've seen so many headlines that just kind of suck. You know, they're just like boring. I I can't even think right now what a boring headline would be, but I'll give you an example. Glenn, you may have heard his comment to me earlier today where I think yesterday he had a $10,000 keynote. I wasn't able to listen to him live, but I saw that headline, and as Glenn knows, it grabbed my attention. So I actually saw it come up in my Spotify notification already. It grabbed me. So my point is, headlines are very very important in anything we're doing even breakfast with champions this is a discussion we've had uh glenn has has highlighted sarah mccord quite deservedly today her and her team how do we make this platform even bwc better for you part of it is headlines so as you can see here right transformation thursday steps you can take this afternoon right my segment's all about practical things you can often do today. Number seven, content to meet search demand and and content to keep audiences coming back. So that was a few tips, eight tips with what you can do to make a great YouTube channel. And definitely you can check that out. Just DM me the word BWC on Instagram. Ding, 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 ding. This one was pretty controversial. And in fact, it left me not wanting to go outside today. I'm not some Brian Benstock I'm going to go 75 hard. I'm not like a Scott Simon. Yeah, after I do my investments, I'm going to go eat oatmeal and go jog. I'm definitely not a Glenn Lundy. Oh, it's raining outside. Huh, that must be the universe telling me to press on. I'm a bit of a wimp. So (laughs) my point being, here's the headline that I saw. You burn fewer calories than you think when working out. I was like, really all this working out I'm doing, almost 50 pull-ups a day, almost 50 push-ups a day, the stretches I do, the 30 to 1-hour power walks, I'm like it's all for naught. So I don't think the article is quite saying that, but they were saying that workout is useful but not just for burning calories. That's sorry, not not the article's not saying that, that's my input of it. Two. Studies show your body compensates when you burn fat, is what this article is saying. But I do think the bottom line is eating healthy is important for sure and not just exercise. So one thing I must say about Breakfast with Champions, you will get a potpourri dish of knowledge on BWC. We have our resident health expert, uh, Dr. Shapiro, and I'm sure there are several others as well who are our resident experts on health. They just don't come to mind right now, but we have many health discussion on this Platform. All right. Ding, 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 ding. Did you know that YouTube has a secret kind of ninja little uh, 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 unit to help its top stars? Did you know that? YouTube, I'm quoting from this article here, YouTube, a unit of alphabet inks. Google has more than 1,000 employees across 45 countries to offer advice and guidance to its creators, and executives say it's hiring more. Another part of the article I quote says YouTube strategic partnership managers advise about 12,000 creators. So, what this means is if you're in the top Echelon, Echelon, somebody can correct me on that after, I, after I'm done with my segment here. I always forget how to pronounce that word. There's a special team of YouTube that helps its top creators do And I have no doubt that Clubhouse has something like that. I'm sure they've talked to maybe Glenn or Sarah, and we had Elisa, right, yesterday. I think her name is that, who was yesterday. She has like 100,000 followers, and we had people like that. I'm sure all the platforms have a special unit to help people kind of who are their top performing uh, talent. So that was interesting that YouTube knows the power of content, and it has a small team. It's put together a growing team to help creators do more work. So that was pretty cool. And you may not have YouTube's attention as you're being a creator, but there's all kind of people in the BWC community that for sure can help you. Book writing comes to mind. Patricia, right? We have our own resident book publishing person uh, in BWC. Ding, 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 retiring at 65. This was this was an interesting article. I'm not going go to go into it in depth because I'm not a financial planner in any uh, stretch of the word, but it grabbed me. Many of us, as we're getting older, I'm almost 50. My clock is ticking. I'll be dead in 40 to 50 years. And in a certain amount of years, I want to do something different with my life and make a greater impact, which goes to the word, quote, unquote, retiring. So the article was talking about retiring in a different sense, but retiring at 65. And it got me thinking, if you're not thinking of financial planning. If you're not doing your own due diligence and how to retire or get more wealth as you get older, if you don't have a professional to talk to, if you're not just researching and watching YouTube videos or whatever, you need to do that. And the best time to do it is right now. One little nugget I will say in full disclosure, I am not giving financial advice. I'm just kind of quoting here and summarizing the article. One thing they did say that we all can do more is how much more can we contribute to our retirement accounts. In fact, the article article was saying, maybe even consider not paying paying off your home mortgage to put more money aside for your retirement. So that was an interesting article as well. And again, you can get that link, just DM me BWC on Instagram. Ding, 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 ding. Digital payments are nice, but be careful. Digital payments are nice, but be careful. This was interesting as well. We often have digital payments galore in our uh, world. I I don't know about you, but I know for me, I have automatic payments. New York Times, Wall Street Journal, this article, that article, my National Speakers Association, Arete Group, and all kind of things are automatically deducted. Just bing, 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 bing going forward. But you got to be careful. So one, there's automatic payments. That can be pricey. Be careful just these payments come through, but make sure you monitor them. What happens if one of the automatic payments that you're going through, what happens if they increase the fee and you don't know it? And what about over time that there's money being paid on things you don't need, you're not using any more? I mean, think about myself. What if I have an automatic payment going to like a hair coloring and curling uh, salon? That may have been back in the day, but Ramon don't need hair coloring and curling today, for sure. You can just look on my profile and see that. See so you get what I mean.
11: Ding, 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 ding.
15: This was really good. Not every good worker has to be a superstar. Now, I would really love some input on this as I come to an end here. I have a few more tips. But not every good worker has to be a superstar. This is by the BBC. I thought it was really interesting. Oftentimes, indeed, we shine the light on our rock star employees as we should because in some way, especially on a very small team, you need everybody to pull their weight and then someone to be a ninja. But what the BBC was doing, especially in corporate America, they were saying that, I quote, middle of the pack employees are often maligned or even misunderstood think about any curve and most people are somewhere in the middle he says most employees are average and that's a good thing so uh, it's not fair for me to you know i can't go through the whole article but i thought it was interesting for us especially those of you have a larger team now my team only has five people on it we have a team of five Everybody on there is a rock star ninja in video editing, photography, design. Uh, my executive assistant project manager, she like just drives the team, and she supports me because I, I, I can go many different places. She grounds me, so I need everybody to be on point, but as I grow… Does everybody have to be a ninja and a rock star? I don't know. It's okay maybe to have some average people who wanna come in at nine, leave at five, and they do their job relatively well. So I don't know, It's just something to think about. And Deo, Alexander, one of our BWC hosts, Alexander uh, Gonzalez, he interviewed her about a week ago, uh, the, the founder of the Wisdom app, that's Deo, and she said something very interesting. She said, while many of the platforms Focus on the top creators and top superstars, those who have millions of followers, which are good and important. Our room yesterday had over a thousand people in it, in large part, I think, because some of the quote-unquote big dogs came out, right? Glenn invited his friend, I think it was Elisa, I'm giving credit to the right person, she that invited some other people. I've never hung out with people in a room that had millions of followers. I was like, whoa, this is pretty cool. But what Dale said was, She also wants to be focused on the middle creators, and that's why instead of her being focused so much on the large following, her algorithm, she's focused on the length of time. So what are the amount of time that her creators are on the app? I thought that was very interesting. That doesn't mean she's looking for average people, but you get my point. She's not just looking for people that have billions of followers. She's looking for people that have uh, that that are on there and engaged and using the app.
17: Ding 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 ding.
15: This was interesting in the headline of what I wanted to talk about today. When should you fire a customer? This is from Built In. When should you fire a customer? interesting sometimes we hold on to customers so long because we want them to pay us we're getting the money it's hard for us to say no but as alexandra carter teaches just all the time i've learned this from her i'm quoting alexandra carter right now she says sometimes a no saves you from a bad yes so this is important to keep in mind so when should you fire a customer The article says, A, when the customer falls behind on bills. That's one. Two, when the team can't satisfy the customer. I've been in situations like that. I'm guessing you have to. You are the team. You're doing everything you can for the customer. But, you know, Roberto, a fake name I'm using, keeps calling every day and saying, no, the meat was too cold. No, the meat wasn't cut right. No, my plate was too small. No, my plate was too big. No, I asked for sausage, not spaghetti. No, I asked for spaghetti, not broccoli. After a while, you're like, dude, you know what? We just can't do nothing right. You need to move on and go to somebody else. So I thought that was interesting. It's okay to fire a customer. All right, 7.48, we got 12 minutes to go before our next session. I think it's going to be Justin and Amanda. They are going to bring the fire down, so stay tuned for that. So I have a choice. I either can do a review of the metaverse, Facebook's changing its name and cap what we talked about yesterday, or I can do Ramon's top tools. What I think I'm going to do is a recap of what we talked about yesterday real quick, and then I'm going to leave time for discussion, and I may save Ramon's top tools for next Thursday at 7.30, or those who've DM'd me, BWC, you'll get those top tools right now. So I think I'm going to jump right into our discussion yesterday. I thought it was very interesting. We talked basically two things, and I'm going to say this in summary as I can. Facebook is changing, or rumored to be changing its name. And Mark Zuckerberg has said months ago, and especially this was highlighted in the most recent rumor or most recent assumption that Facebook will change its name of this thing called the metaverse, which is a connectivity of all of us around the world. Here's a few key points from our discussion that I put together from memory. So one, calm down. It's not going to affect your life. But two, sit up and take notice because this is going to affect your life tomorrow and today. <laughs> so, what is Metaverse? It's really a d- digital platform enhanced by augmented and virtual reality where people interact through digital avatars and possibly. More, so that 's the essence of it. You can just Google that definition, just pulling some things together for you. four my advice: stay abreast of digital of the digital world and the digital revolution this doesn 't mean you have to geek out and be a ninja of it, like some of our resident people, you know Brooke Lacy and Brian Banzo and Kelsey Stark and Kimberly King and others who voiced in. But do understand about it so this gap between the haves and haves not does not leave you stranded in the middle there. Do you want a world of no privacy? you have a tough choice I, I think it's nearly impossible to 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 have in a world where your privacy is absolute unless you're going to live off the grid and very few of us want to live off the grid at the very least we want to show our grandmamas our new babies right at the very least we want to just send a video message to somebody at the very least the other thing that came up is facebook evil maybe i don't know you got to be there for these pop-up rooms there's a lot of discussion or is it just taking advantage of those who want a lot of free connectivity we talked about that. Another thing we talked about is the AR glasses, augmented reality. I think it's Oculus, I believe. I think they're teaming up with Ray-Ban as well and et cetera, this whole thing of glasses. And this was pretty scary. There's a lot the glasses can sense about you, your emotions and things just on your earlobes, your temperature, things of this nature. So that was a pretty interesting discussion as well. The rebrand, there was a question came up, Sarah got a, law- Sarah got a lawyer to kind of chime in. And we all were just giving our opinions and things, but is the corporate restructuring Will it help give some legal protection from Facebook of the possible, possible government breakup of Facebook? Possible. You all are hearing the rumors in the news and et cetera, right, from the whistleblower. And the, the, the legal person said, yeah, this could give it some legal protection. So that could be one reason why they're trying to restructure a bit ahead of that um we talked about nfts and crypto and blockchain these are things way out of my pay grain i know what they are to a degree but my focus is really on the smallest of small businesses so i'm still on like email marketing websites and funnels (laughs) i like me and elijah bowie and others i'm like on that level but this is stuff you shouldn't ignore you should still understand it and be aware of it and i would say you can't fight the digital revolution embrace it or get run over by it but you can limit though how you interact with it. Listen, my name is Ramon Ray, one of 80 hosts on Breakfast with Champions. I hope you join us in Lexington, Kentucky on November 5th, 6th, and 7th at the Grow for God Conference. The main thing I want you to do, if you haven't gone to breakfastwithchampions.live, breakfastwithchampions.live, please go there to sign up for a podcast. We have 80 and a growing list of hosts, like-hearted people from all different political spectrums, faiths, or non faith backgrounds, and et cetera, all to pour into you and do three things. You know what it is. Glenn Lundy, the visionary, has said this all the time. We want to motivate you, educate you, and inspire you to be a better human. And we definitely want you to wake up in the morning. So with that, anybody, please, I'd love to get comments. We have eight minutes to go. Just unmike. Don't say hey. Say your name. So I hear your name. Just unmike and say your name. Don't say hey, Ramon, because it won't mean anything to me. And let's have a conversation. Unmike, say your name.
18: Unmike, say your name. Skelton. Paul, floor's yours. Go for it, brother. Good morning, Ramon. Listen, I want to I want to emphasize something that you said that I think is so keyly important. Um, I have a pretty good sized group of individuals, uh, you know, in my organization, we have about 2100 employees in the automotive space that I'm the CEO of. And I think what you said about, you you know, most of those people are going to be average. That is that is something that a lot of leaders miss. And you're never going to have all of your people in the top 10%. But I think the other piece of that, Ramon, is that what you need to do to move those people up and get them from middle to to third, uh, from third quartile to the second quartile and, and continue to help them develop is you need to focus on their strengths. So many times I see that my leaders, and I've done this in the past as well, always wanna talk about the, the issues with that person and they're not good at this and they're not good at that. We have to play to their strengths. If we can improve their strengths and understand that every human is gonna have weaknesses and not focus on that part, we really build a stronger team. So I just wanted to add that because I think you are so spot on and, and I appreciate you and I appreciate what you add and and I appreciate this room and, and Mr. Lundy, who would, he and I will be speaking a little bit later this morning. Thank you so much.
15: Uh, Todd, thank you, man. And thank you for having, thank you for being here. I can't wait to engage with you more and, and learn from you more. Thank you. Unmic, say your name. Unmic, say your name. What's up, Amelia? Good morning. Unmic, say your name.
3: Ramon, good morning. It's Linnell Burns. How are you? Linnell,
15: floor's yours. Go. Awesome. Welcome.
3: Uh, So yesterday, that pop up room in regards to the NFT, the blockchain and, you know, all of the conversations that were there, it was just such an eye opening experience because these things are happening behind the scenes. Um, Of course, with the fact that more data is going to be exchanged, it's also going to be um, like a, a wormhole when it comes to identity theft and just people voluntarily giving up their information because they're looking to participate in this new way of of being. And so just uh, keeping in mind that we have to make sure we are protecting our identities. We're also doing the things that are necessary in order to see what is actually happening on our credit reports and our medical files. Identity theft takes so many different Forms. And so, um, you know, I don't want to go into it, but I definitely want to just let people know that this is something I specialize in and we can definitely have a conversation. You can either uh, DM me here or on Instagram because it's, an, it's a conversation that needs to be had. I'll go ahead and read out. And this is Linnell Burns. Thank you, Raymond.
15: Ramon. Hey, Linnell. Thank you so much. Glad you're here. Thank you so much. Unmike. say your name. You got about three minutes left. And then I do want to share a few things as we close in transition, but on mic and say your name.
14: Hey, Ramon, this is Mariana Thomas.
15: Mariana, floor's yours, go. Yeah,
14: thank you. Yes, thank you on the reminder of the automatic subscriptions. Oh my God, (laughs) that was great because I had so many domains. They are, you know, they're they're renewed automatically and other things. And I was like, ooh, I just got a notification the other day, a bunch of stuff. And I not even look if the prices changed. I just say, okay. So thank you so much for that reminder. And, and I also wanted to expand on what Todd was mentioning. You know, when, um, that was great, uh, by the way, focusing on the strengths of the employees, but also when people, uh, when they do something amazing and, and the leader wants to promote them right away, you know, that's very important to notice. They, 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 they because they sold a lot or uh, you know had a great month, they want to be promoted to the next level because what they're not ready for the next level and when they go there they 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 fell quickly and and they feel um like a failure and and can really um, downplay it can really make them feel pretty bad and it's not their fault. It's just the leader wasn't aware that they were not ready for the role yet. Okay? It doesn't mean they're, they're not good enough and they can be a leader later. They just got to prepare first and work on their strengths to get there. So thank you. Back to you.
15: Hey, Mariana, thank you so much. I'm going to spend the next three minutes sharing some things of what BWC means to me. But if somebody has something burning, you can unmute in one second. But I just, I always want to share. And I think I'm just really exemplifying and doing what Glenn has done all the time. He shines a spotlight. Um, I've been in business for over 20 years, started four companies, sold two companies. BWC is one of the best things that have happened to me in a long time. And I just want to use opportunity to thank all of you who are here as we say, there's some of us who are on stage and speaking as hosts. Some of you are on stage actively. You have the power to unmute and share and talk on your mic, right? Others of you are in the audience there. And so I just want to say thanks for being here. And Sarah, jump in anytime. I'm not sure if you're on mic and mic in, but as you know, Sarah, anytime, jump in. And I just want to say thank you all for being here. And I, 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 as I scroll down on the stage, as I scroll down I'm not going to be able to call everybody. But Scott Simon, man, I've learned so much from you. Just when you talk about family legacy and things like that, you know that. Tamara, it was so good seeing you in Dallas and all that you do, your book and your power and your faith. It was amazing. Stephanie, I don't know you, but just hearing you today, and Todd, you know, as I scroll down, Dr. Rowe, you and I have had some long conversations. You're like a baller, a quiet strength. Dr. Janie, man, your sessions on on life, you know, and all that, it's powerful. David Spizak, man, I don't think we, you and I have met, but hearing your sessions, your coaching that you give to people every other Friday. See, I got it, I've signed up for this Friday, David Spizak, hearing Amelia. Oh, my girl. Amelia's been my girl before she knew she was my girl. So, I mean, her sessions, I followed her for years. I see you, Amelia. Alexander, you can't find somebody that brings more spice to a stage. Marcus, my brother, I flew to Dallas, as you know, just for a few hours just to see you and shake your hand because the power you give. Nate, hearing you there was amazing. Christina, it was so good seeing you in Dallas as well. And I could go on and on. So many of you who DM me, triple-channel think we've met, but I know your name. Nivia, thank you for saying good morning all the time. Monica, good to see you and being here. Jean, you know you my home girl from NSA and beyond, way beyond NSA, you, you and I are sister and brother. GI, thanks for sharing, Megan. And it wouldn't be fair for me to keep going on, but I just want to say, as I see the name, Solana, good seeing you at Breakfast with Champions in New York. And I hope I get to see you in um, Lexington, Kentucky. Um, Ramona, Justin. I know
19: you're at the top of the hour, but all I have Go. to say to you is burnt pancakes.
15: Girl, you know it. You know it. That's how we roll. That
19: <laughs> but with was that- the best introduction ever, <laughs> by the way.
15: <laughs> Tamara, there's just something about hearing that knife through those pancakes. If they're your complexion, Tam- Tamra, the pancakes are not good enough. <laughs> if, they're, if they're lighter than me, they're not good enough. They got to they make me look like you. That's how the pancakes are, Tamara. And you know it. One day I have, you have to have some, but thank you, Tamra, for being here. Everybody listen, I'm Ramon Ray, one of many Breakfast with Champions hosts. We're here to motivate, educate, and inspire you every single day with hours and hours of content. Feel free to DM me, BWC, to get my list of top 10, Thursday, 7.30 a.m. And with that, listen, we're ready to bring the house down right now. These two people coming up next are like going to drop the mic. They do it consistently over and over and over again. In fact, I had to go to Radio Shack and get another mic because Amanda and Justin broke so many of the darn mics. Amanda, Justin, are you ready? The mic is yours.
20: Oh, Ramon, I can't even tell you the amount of energy that you bring. It is so great to follow you. So thank you so much for that. And I have to apologize to the room early. Apparently, you can lose your voice from too much talking. I never thought that was possible. So just bear with me. I'm sorry for the squeakiness. Um, As I reset the room very quickly, and we'll jump right in. So my friends, you are in Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club, where we're here to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, and that's Monday through Friday. We also do 6 a.m. to 10 a.m saturday and club 111 on sunday along with all of the incredible sessions from top thought leaders all morning long we have break excuse me we have breakouts and pop-up rooms throughout the afternoon and evening this includes the amazing social media show each day at 11 a.m plus celebrity interviews and trending topics and so much more We don't want you to miss out a moment of this wonderful content, so make sure that you're following the Breakfast with Champions Club on Clubhouse by clicking that little green house at the top of the screen, and be sure to follow us on social media to be the first to know as we expand to more social audio platforms. So with that, my brother Justin, are you here?
21: Oh, I sure am. Let's grow.
20: I love it. So as Justin and I were talking about what this segment this morning was going to be, I have to tell you part of the reason why my voice is gone is because I spent eight hours yesterday doing a business planning clinic uh, for people who are planning for the 2020 year, or excuse me, 2022 year for their businesses. <clears throat> so we thought this would be a perfect topic as we round out the fourth quarter of the year and talk about how we did that. So, excuse me. So for those of you that have businesses, those entrepreneurs in the room, Are we doing business planning at the end of every single year so that we're planning out, mapping out our goals for the next year? Do we know what that looks like? If we have organizations, are we bringing our people into that? You know, business planning is not just sitting in a room with a closed door crunching numbers, it's opening it up to your organization, it's involving your people, it's casting that vision. You know, I say a lot of times that people join you because they see value in you. They can get something from you. Yet the reason that they stay in your world is because of who they become in the process. So when we're doing business planning at the end of the year, setting our goals for the very next year, are we showing those people how they fit into the vision? Are we showing them what role they play in our goals and growing our organization the next year? I assure you that business planning is not just setting goals and numbers for the next year. It's an experience. It's getting people bought into that and showing them the roadmap, how they contribute to what those goals are. So yesterday, I spent eight hours on a Zoom call with about 115 people, and we were walking through the process. It was an experience. We brought in keynote speakers to motivate them, to talk to them about things like the average individual versus the successful individual. Also topics on like how to successfully brand yourself in the 2020 year, being your true brand and conveying that to your audience. Are you speaking to the right audience? Do you have the right audience showing up? We also talked about how to break down your goals, prioritize them and set strategies to meet those goals as you're building them out. Excuse me, then we did a segment where we broke that down into a metrics because we know if we can't measure it, then it doesn't exist. So not just setting a goal of a big number, but working backwards and explaining to these individuals how they they get there, what needs to happen in order for them to reach that extremely large goal that they have set, right? In addition to that, we talked about things like systems and processes that we can implement or develop so that it can support our goals and our journey along the way. We had breakout sessions where we broke people up so that they could mastermind about what we were talking about in the goal planning so that they could kind of decompress, get their thoughts out, ask questions, discuss their ahas from what they had learned in the morning sessions and in the afternoon sessions. Um, so many different things that we talked about yesterday, because again, it's an experience. It's not just putting numbers to a piece of paper. One of my favorite pieces of business planning, and it was probably one of the most impactful yesterday was the vision boards. So we've talked about the goals. We've talked about the vision. We've talked about where we want to go in the next year. And then what does that mean to each individual by reaching that large number that we set? What is that going to do for you? Find, tying emotion to it, right? By reaching that 150000 or 200000 or $300,000 income goal. What does that mean for you, though? What experiences is that for your family? What experiences is that for you? What things is that going to get you? How, how is that dollar amount going to move you in life? So vision boards was a huge piece of yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what, I think one of my favorite pieces about the vision board was we discussed how to start them. Some people struggle with the vision boards, right? Say, well, I know I have a big goal for next year, but I don't really know like what that's gonna get me, right? I don't really know what I wanna get with that money that I'm gonna make or that status that I'm going to obtain. And so one of my favorite books that I read about three years ago, and since then every year I have uh, implemented this in my goal setting, was I read a book called One Word That Will Change Your Life. And so after I read that book, every single year I pick one word that I'm going to focus everything else around. The first year that I read that book, the very next year my word was grace because I wanted to have grace for myself. I wanted to have grace for the people that were in my world. The next year, my word was intention because I wanted to do everything with pure and true intentionality. I wanted to be intentional with every single thing that I set out to do that year. And this last year in 2021, my word was abundance. And let me tell you, this has been one of the most fruitful and abundant years I've ever had in my career. So I know that was a lot of information. Justin, I want to pass it over to you because I know this is something that you do with your team, the business planning aspect. So any thoughts on that or any questions that you have around it or any things that you want to share with the room?
21: Yeah, of course. I mean, I was in and out of that session throughout the the day. I just sent the replay to my assistant this morning to make sure I make time to watch it because I think it's critical, right? Everybody has a plan. Your plan might just be not having a plan. Right? So let that sink in, and I want to speak to both sides of the spectrum, people that have multi-billion dollar businesses and people that feel like they can never get there, right? Because my word for next year is limitless, because if anybody did it, you can do it, right? I'm thinking of Oprah, Ryan Surhan, Ariana Huffington, Carrie V, Zuckerberg with his metaverse, or we call it the breakfast verse here, Elon Musk, Bezos, you know, all of those people have 365 days, right? They got 12 months, four weeks, seven days, 24 hours. And then people say, yeah, but they're rich, but they have teams. I'm like, but, but, but nothing, right? Remember Bezos with the banner behind him? Remember the years and years and years he put in to create a business? And Ben Stock pointed this out, and I think it's very true. Amazon's gonna be gone one day. Facebook's gonna be gone one day, right? The difference with the people that continue to grow, and I did say let's grow, is they have clarity of purpose and they show up consistently. And they're not defined by what other people say they're doing. Or saying that they can't do, right? And often they have to do it decades before they even get traction. But first, you need clarity. So to answer your question, Amanda, something I do on a yearly basis is I map out what do I want to accomplish personally and what what do I want to accomplish professionally, right? And this year, I just did it last week. I actually did a session on Clubhouse about how I do this entire process And personally, I want to show my faith through my work. I want to guard, guide, and govern my daughter. That came directly from Glenn. I love that, those three Gs. I want to inspire and pull the best out of people in proximity to me. And I want to be able to physically move well and live a long life. Professionally, I want to create a real estate brand the likes of Nike, Apple, and Chick-fil-A. I'm not creating another real estate brokerage. I'm creating a brand from a media perspective and wanna teach people how to use visuals and creatives to build empires. Now my media company for a long time, my goal was to get 100 clients in a year. And I realized very quickly that was a time vampire for me because I was spending a lot of time walking through every single shoot. And I'm like, what if I taught people how to just pump out and shoot content and get really good at understanding how platforms like YouTube work, right? Because a lot of the people that are killing it on social They're not super complex and they don't have big production teams. So like, what if we empower the people and then for me personally, I want to build a global platform to help millions understand they can do it. And I want to speak on global stages about stuff I know about and connect people I love with people I love. So that's personally and professionally, but what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish, Amanda? And Not you personally, Amanda, but how would you guide somebody that doesn't even know where to start?
20: Yeah. Such a great question. And this is one of the things I love about you. So for those of you that don't know, Justin is not my brother, even though I refer to him as that every time I get an opportunity to chat with him. We've never actually met in person. I've never actually hugged him. And in eight months or going on nine months, I guess, he has literally become my brother. And I think one of the reasons for me personally is because he is such an amazing leader. So what he just explained is he is so clear about his vision and the goals that he sets out for himself that anybody who is in his realm, in his universe, you're like you have no choice but to just be attracted to that. And when you are literally following someone like that, a leader like that, like you want to do better, even if you're in this room right now and you can hear my voice and you're like, you know what? I don't really know what that looks like for me. When you have someone like Justin leading you, and I've been there before, I'm like, I don't even know that I want to do it for me yet, yet I want to do it for him because I can see how passionate he is about his people and about his business and about his family and about his faith. And so sometimes that happens to us. We're not really clear. We're unsure. So for me, Justin, I'll tell you my one word for 2022 is gonna be relationship. And I know I've said it on this stage several times. I operate a little bit more like a machine. Uh, the emotional piece is something that I struggle with on a regular basis and those deepen or that deepening of those relationships in my life. So for me, I tell you, 2021 has been an amazing year in terms of who I've connected with, who I've met, whether it be on this audio platform or it be just in venturing out and starting my own company. Like I've met so many amazing people. So for me, it's going to be relationships, strengthening my interpersonal relationships, strengthening my business relationships, strengthening my family relationships. And I feel like I'm going to be such a better person by understanding that emotional side of things, not being such like a left brain individual, right? A logical thinker and opening up more to that emotional side. And I know that that's going to spill over because I've always been, you know, really hard when it comes to business and I'm very structured and, you know, I'm good at what I do. I'm great at what I do actually in that regard. But it's so much more than that. And I think I've definitely learned that from Clubhouse, like the sense of community that I just have in this room with so many people, you know, I'm getting messages on the back end, like, I adore you and go take care of your throat. And these are people I've never actually hugged or met in person. So I think Clubhouse is one of the places it's really taught me such a great sense of community and the importance of building relationships and then pouring into them. What I do know, though, is that I have to be pouring back into my cup or surrounding myself with people that are pouring back into my cup so that I can, tur- in turn, pour into those cups. So relationships is huge for me. <clears throat> and then, excuse me, meeting people where they're at. I'm 100% about meeting you where you're at and bringing you along. If, if you want to come with me, it's your decision specifically though when it comes to business planning if you're someone that's looking to develop this for your organization and you don't really know where to start like i said in the beginning You've got to help your people see how they fit into your vision. You have to help them figure out what their goals are. I can't ever tell anybody what their goal is going to be. I can't tell them how many cars they should sell or how many service packages they should sell or how many houses they can sell. They have to figure that out for themselves. And I can help them understand that and get to that number ultimately though it's their goal and it is my job to help them build the path and how to get there see the vision and then help develop their skills i'll tell you one of the people who spoke yesterday such an amazing speaker he's he's very successful in the real estate world he owns a big team does about 165 million dollars has about 40 people in his organization so you know just uh He's devoted to his family. He's devoted to the Lord, such an amazing guy. And he said something and, and he's actually spoken at, any, at a couple of, of events that I've been at. And he said this, and I went back and looked in my notes because I wrote it down then. And, and he said it back in 2020 and he said it again yesterday. He said, in hard times, people will never rise to their goal. They will fall to their training. And that was so true. So when we're doing this business planning, are we helping our team see the way for the next year? And are we implementing plans to help train them to get to those goals, develop those skills? Because no matter what industry you're in, we know that it always boils down to the activities that you're doing in your skill set. So are we helping them identify what activities they need to do in order to reach those goals? And then are we helping them develop those skills? So I'll pop it back to you, Justin, because I know you have something to say about those two topics
21: yeah i do and i mean when i sit down with my team members every year and do our review it's not a review like hey you work for me and these are the things i want you to do probably the biggest challenge is making people understand i just want them to create the life that they want right i don't want a whole bunch of mini justins running around i give them my framework and my tools which are very simple right my calendar my time blocking how i do my mind sweeping and then my goal setting um the way i think about it too from a goal setting slash productivity perspective is I set my yearly goals once a year. I review my goals, call it quarterly, and then I set monthly, weekly, and daily goals, right? And what I try to do, and I encourage everybody to do this, is break down the major categories in your life, and they can be whatever matter to you. For me, it's faith, family, fitness, fun, and finances, in that order. And people are like, well, what do you mean your finances are last? Well, I tell people I'm like if you don't make time for the things that you love and growth in your personal life right with your spouse with your faith with your fitness and can't move well you feel miserable guess what's gonna suffer your finances and my pastor told me when I got married well now you got married you got a liter of water in a big jug and you've got all these cups and if you put that full liter of water into your finance cup guess what's gonna happen to your marriage and if you take that liter of water and you split it 50-50 between, say, just your marriage and your finances, what's going to happen to your fitness and what's going to happen to just the way that you feel when you're interacting? And I do think people need to put their things into the calendar that fill their cups first so that they do not resent the work that they do from preventing them from doing the things that they love. Now, let me say that again. People will resent their job and their work because it prevents them from doing the things that they love so why don't you just reverse engineer it? I'll give you a very simple example. I'll break down my fitness journey. So I, I'm 39 now. When I was 33, I was diagnosed with a full-blown hip replacement, severe left hip osteoarthritis. I've put it off for about six years, I've gone through some alternative therapies and really working towards mobility, but I'm in pain every single day, right? It's bone on bone, nothing I can do about it. And Really, I can't do strength and conditioning five days a week like I used to, right? I think when I was 17, I used to go to the gym to, to get my pump on because I thought that's what the girls wanted. And, and now I'm older and I realize things are a little bit different, right? So I look at my strength and conditioning pretty simply saying, well, I'm, I'm going to train my muscles and my cardio, call it four days a week and structure it in such a way to not aggravate my injury. But what other fitness activities do I do that also fill my cup? I like fishing. I like surfing. I do I do jujitsu biking hiking and swimming sounds like a lot considering my situation but i do know that if i put these in selectively throughout my week where i'm not overburdening my system i can do these things but the most important thing i have to do is recovery and it's a combination of an infrared sauna stretching physical therapy trigger point therapy and something called functional range conditioning probably the most important thing in my life I could talk about this topic for hours, which I'm not going to do. I am going to create a free PDF that explains how I break this down into my week. Suffice it to say, I've planned my week such that I can recover 28 times throughout a week. And that sounds nuts, but I just did it. I just stack it with other habits. So another habit I'm trying to really work on is learning and reading. Reading a book called Superfans. I did it in my infrared sauna. And now you can understand how doing a little bit of planning is allowing me to do two, three, four, five things at the same time because I'm thoughtful with my schedule. And here's where the rubber meets the road. People think being so disciplined and structuring a calendar, I mean, it's this perception of that's a crazy life, I don't want that. I get that. Understand that I only hit this maybe 70% of the time, but my 70% is still better than 95% of the world. And here's the real answer. Discipline equals freedom i 'm not concerned about my calendar because i don 't even have to think about what i 'm doing next. I look at it and it 's already planned for me, so it almost feels like I every day is a field trip that 's planned for me around the things that fill my cup so amanda i 'm going to throw it back to you. What does discipline equals freedom mean to you because I know in your world it is very powerful
20: oh my goodness it 's everything right so I think. And, you know, we were in the business planning yesterday and someone was talking about like that C word, that C word, that C word. And what they were talking about was consistency. So like literally the discipline of being consistent. I know I've shared this in this room before and I'll tell you, I went through a fitness journey. And like, I knew like, there was nothing that I loved about the gym. There's nothing, there's nothing. I would get sweaty. I would be sore after there were days I couldn't even lift my legs. Like there was nothing that was attractive about it. Yet I knew by continuing to do it that I was eventually going to start to see it. I think uh, I saw, I saw something online and this actually stayed forefront in my mind the whole time I was doing it. And it was essentially in two weeks, you'll start to feel it. In four weeks, you start to see it. And in eight weeks, they start to see it. And so I just kept having to remind myself of that because every day I woke up and I didn't want to do it and I knew I had to do it. So when you talk about determination and you talk about discipline and you talk about consistency, like I already knew that it was not going to be perfect. It's so funny because when we sit down to make a plan, we don't ever consider the fact that like life happens things are going to happen. I mean, I tell you, Glenn is somebody that I absolutely adore from afar. He's been an amazing leader on Clubhouse for us. And how many times does he show up expecting to do what he's supposed to do and something happens, right? The mic goes out, the music is going crazy. He can't, someone can't hear him on a platform. Like, and he just rolls with it. You know why that happens? Because he plans for life to happen. He knows things are going to happen and he knows he just has to get on with it. And so many times something will happen that stops us, it's a roadblock, and then we don't continue on because we don't know what to do after that. So when you're building your plan for these things, like are you planning in that life is going to happen for me and my fitness journey? I knew my alarm goes off at 4:30. I'm up, I'm dressed, and by five o'clock, I'm in the gym. And if you gave me one moment of an excuse I would find it and I would make it the reason why I didn't go so the night before I would lay out my gym clothes because my alarm would go off at 4 30 and then I'd be like hmm what am I gonna wear to the gym oh does that baseball cap match oh where are my good shoes oh, you know what I've already wasted five minutes now I've I've completely ruined my whole workout I'm just not gonna go Like I would do that and I know so many of you listening to me probably do the same thing So i'm like i'm gonna set myself up for success So the night before my gym clothes are set out with my tennis shoes Heck I even know people who go to sleep in their gym clothes so that when they wake up in the morning They don't even have to think about it Then next to my headphones that are charging I have my pre-workout in the bottle with a bottle of water next to it So all I have to do is dump and shake and my keys are right there So, that I don't even have to think about it because the second I give myself an excuse or a reason to get out of it, especially in the beginning when it's not a habit, I know I'm going to take it every single time because I don't want to do it. And then, if I continue to plan that way so that I do it every single day consistently, we know that on average it takes 66 days to develop a habit. Now, some people can do it sooner and some people it takes a little bit longer. But after you get out, past that hump of 66 days, by not doing it, you feel out of whack, you feel out of place. So what I would say to that question, Justin, is just make sure that you are consistent, especially in those 66 days. And if you get to day 45 of doing something, and then you stop guess what? You start all back over at day one. For any of you that have done the 75 hard, you know this, that if you miss one day, you have to start back over again because we are building a habit. We're developing those habits. So the discipline and the consistency makes all the difference in the world. So I'll throw it back to you, Justin, and we can even open this up for anyone that has any feedback or wants to share about their planning for the next year, their goal settings.
21: Yeah, I'd love to hear from some other speakers. If anybody wants to flash their mics and jump into this convo. I mean, this is what the breakfast table is all about. I'm just scrolling on the stage.
20: Oh, we're losing you, Justin. Go ahead, Tamra. I saw you flashing. Please jump in. I'd love to hear from you.
19: Yes, I'm loving this conversation this morning i I am actually really enamored by your alls synchronicity when you share. It's really beautiful. You, you take space for one another and just do it so beautifully. So thank you, and this topic is epic, especially because a lot of us are in the midst of this like a that I'm actually doing a summit with a gal who's doing a plan-a-thon. It's her ninth year doing this, and she has over 22,000 people who participate. So very on-trend, on-topic conversation. And the three things that I would add, so a lot of people are familiar with the idea of SMART goals. SMART is specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. I've added the EST and the EST. So it's the smartest goal is E is to evaluate. So you have to look back, even though you're looking forward in that goal setting mentality, you have to share it. So that's like that social contract, just like we've done here in this room of like, this is my goal. This is where I'm headed. We've heard it from so many different moderators, the goals that they've set. And then the celebration that comes alongside it, when we get to see it come to fruition. And then the last one is, is um, um, I'm sorry. Evaluate, share is. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I can't think of it. My whole brain just went to mush. My my dog is jumping on my leg. All right. Well, it's E S T. The T is in my book, so that's good. You'll see it eventually if you read it. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Justin.
20: <laughs> I love you. I love the evaluate though, and I let and you. I think S was share. Is that what it was? Share?
19: Yeah, share, share.
20: Yes, I love it, because we know that we need to speak it into existence. And in my personal opinion, I feel like the best accountability is peer accountability. So make sure that you're sharing these things with the people around you so that they can hold you accountable. So if you're in an office setting, share your goals, put your vision board up on the wall, so that when Sally's walking down the hallway, she can ask you, how are you doing on your numbers so that you can get to Greece with your family, right? So I love that. Evaluate and share. And I'm going to have to read your book, I guess, to find out what the tea is. <laughs> I can't believe that's so funny. Not intentional. Can you hear me right now, Amanda?
21: I just want to make sure. My yes,
20: mic's... I can hear you now. You're back. Sorry. So say everything you said before you cut out.
21: No, that's all right. Actually, Tamara touched on exactly what I was going to say, right? I think where I wanted to wrap up and, and land the plane on this conversation was we said a lot, right? We said a lot about planning. We gave a lot of structure and and want to hopefully inspire you to understand that you can all do this, right? This is something that will empower you and you'll be able to look back on and realize that your, your goals are sh- constantly shifting and they're not even goals it's about growth right because if you're just setting goal and you attain the goals you're going to feel empty because you just get there and you're like well now what this didn't change everything it's it's the journey and there's a beauty in what Tamara just said at the end when she forgot the last letter and she laughed and she smiled and she was fluid in it she wasn't determined by the outcome Right? A lot of times when people hit a wall when it comes to growth or planning, or they don't hit their schedule, or they miss a time block, or they miss an appointment, their world falls apart. They get that feeling, right? I I laughed when you were talking about the gym because I remember being a young gun and I'd forget my headphones and I'd be like, oh no, am I even going to go to the gym right now? Like, literally, it would have stopped me from going and doing things that I'm going to do. And now I'm so not determined by the outcome because you need to have a fluidity in life and understand that. When things go sideways, you're gonna be able to get through it and to the point where, like, I I won't remember what the T is. Is
5: it timely?
19: No, timely timely is a part of of the smart piece that's been historical. I'm literally looking it up for you guys right
21: now. I love it. I can't wait to hear what it's gonna be. But it really
20: should be Tamara, because that was beautifully and wonderfully, Tamara. Taylor? (laughs) Taylor? Come on.
21: That's awesome, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's Taylor. Oh, Taylor. Okay, so Amanda, I'm just gonna throw it back to you. Like, what do you do when things go wrong, right? If you don't hit the exact numbers you wanted to hit, you did all this planning, and how can you help people feel encouraged to not have a fear of failure?
20: you know, this is such a great question. And this is something that I struggled with a lot in the beginning. So and I'll even I'll even dial it down to like the day, what happens when you just didn't meet your goal for the day or something happens. Now, I'm in the real estate space. And I ran a large real estate team for several years. And I'll tell you, when I found out like somebody that I knew that, that was close to me or somebody that's been in my sphere of influence when you know for a while when I found out they bought another house from someone or I found out that you know I w- I had a goal for X and I didn't reach it like man that would throw me off and sometimes it would be like a day or two I would be in such a funk and it would affect everything that I was doing and so I think that re- recovery time is huge and I know you used a different example of it earlier Justin but the recovery time is super super important when something happens that doesn't go your way. The first thing that I do is I 100% acknowledge it because I'm going to feel a certain way. I'm human. And so, excuse me, I know I've said it on this stage before too. We can't control our first thought. We can control our second. And I've made it a habit that my second thought is always reminding myself that we don't think that way anymore because my first thought I could not control. So when something happens, I acknowledge the fact that it happened I feel a certain way about it, and then I move directly out of that back into action because that will be the thing that hinders you. That will be the thing that paralyzes you. So acknowledge that it happened. Be okay with that and move directly back into action so that you don't get hung up. So that's what I would say to that, Justin. And I know with that, we're at the 830. I appreciate you so much for this conversation. Tamara, I love you so much. We're going to turn the mic over to you, and I can't wait to hear what you're going to share.
19: Thank you so much. Who was chiming in earlier and saying Taylor? Christina. Christina, I thought that was your girlfriend. She actually is right. She has my book. Thank you. Thank you, Christina, for reading it. And I thought you were saying Taylor like the name, and so I was like super confused, but Taylor, tailor made you guys, the EST. So evaluate, share, and then tailor made, not only because your goals should align with the one who tailor made you, but they shouldn't be in comparison to anybody else. It should be specifically and strategically and uniquely yours because otherwise that goal will not t- come to fruition because you're trying to fit into a box that's not meant for you to shine within. So thank you, Amanda and Justin. I will reset the room and we will get started. Christina, thank you for your loyalship and, chiming in. You guys are hanging out in Breakfast with Champions. This is the Millionaire Breakfast Club. We are here every single day of the week, uh, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. And then the social media show, which some of my favorites, Nate, Alexander, Ashley, I see you guys, Marcus, that starts at 11 a.m. And it is incredible. Um, I have so many tools that I apply every single day based on not only the energy that they bring, the influence that they bring, the excellence that they bring, but also for the fact that there is a family vibe in this space. So there is a seat at the table for you. If you're brand new and you have a celebration cone, welcome to Clubhouse. If you've never been to Breakfast of Champions, welcome to Breakfast of Champions. You can hit the green box up at the top and be able to become a member so you see notifications unless Ramon tells you to turn them off, which, Ramon, I have followed suit. I do not have notifications on as of about six months ago, actually. It was way too overwhelming for my energy. And so I think that that was such a critical and a valuable tool that you shared this morning. You're one of my favorite segments. Thank you, brother. Uh, For those of you who don't know, we are also coming together here soon in Lexington, Kentucky, almost less than two weeks. It's crazy. If you have yet to get your ticket, there are still tickets available one day, two day, three day passes or VIP. And we are just so excited to see what is going to happen when all of this energy gets into one room. It's going to be miraculous. If you had an opportunity to be at the Breakfast of Champions Consortium earlier this year in New York City, you knew the electricity and the relationships have just literally yeah. <laughs> skyrocketed so many businesses, so many dreams because of the partnerships that have been established. So if you're looking for a reason like, why would I get in the room versus be on the virtual experience, which you can if you're locked into whatever part of the world you're in and you can't be there, we'd love to have you in that capacity as well. But the one of the main reasons that I would say is because of the connectivity and because of the access that's going to be in the room. Yes, there's going to be incredible motivation and education about growing your business for God's sake. You're going to hear from incredible influencers business CEOs, execs, um, entrepreneurs, founders, innovators, trailblazers, all the things. But I really am super looking forward to connecting and making that lasting impression in relationships. Speaking to which, uh, we had the opportunity to do this this past weekend at Embrace Your Ambition. And I, I love this app, I love that we can connect via voice, I love that it's in real time, and all of those pieces, but the best part is hugging necks. And Marcus Black, who's on stage right now, Alexander, they are some of the best huggers that I have ever met in my life. You feel seen and known, you feel safe, and you feel like nothing else in that minute matters. And I think that it's critical for us to understand in a season of depression and anxiety being at the highest in the entire time frame of the world. I had um, a gal that was speaking at my membership last night, and she is uh, in an ER, uh, depression and anxiety, suicide prevention counselor. And she said that it is 4X to the amount of people who have been in since COVID had started, meaning they're seeing anywhere from what used to be four, they're seeing sometimes 24 people a day. With one, that's one therapist that's being seen. It's absolutely insane. Um, and it, it's hard to the point where she can't handle it, um, to the point where she's like, I, I have to have a mental break. And, and she did. She took a 30-day hiatus and traveled around the, the globe. And so to recognize that this is happening, that isolation is still happening because of the pandemic hugs energy, connectivity is so incredibly important. So grow your business for God's sake. If you've yet to get your ticket, it's www.growforgod.com. And the Embrace Your Ambition uh, is just getting started as well. We're already looking forward to what's going to take place. I'm manifesting it live in Nashville in March. And I'm going to talk to you a bit about what transpired at that event, while also giving you some applicable tools. Um, for yourself. And and how is that going to apply to you if you're not coming to the event or if you aren't an event planner? It's the five secrets the event planner would never share. And it's going to give you a behind the scenes. It's going to give you an access point to not only support the conference hosts, the speakers, the people who are putting the conference on in a valuable way when you're sitting in the audience. It's also going to give you a new perspective on what's transpiring, because I think a lot of times, just like Brene Brown says, we create stories about what is happening. So Glenn and I co-hosting this event, and you're looking at the ticket prices, and you might think, oh, wow, that's expensive, or oh, wow, that's cheap, depending on your perspective. And you're able to have this experience. Experience, and you're thinking that we're making buku bucks. Well, I'm going to talk to you in number which one? Number 5 when we get to it all about the the lie that is being cultivated in that mentality. So, 5 secrets the event planner would never share. We're going to get to it in just a minute, but before I do, I want to honor the Embrace Your Ambition experience. One of my favorite things to do as a speaker is to be set up as the conference closer. And I think I'm actually going to position myself, Marcus and Ashley, thank you as a conference closer. Um, for my like unique ability with conferences, because one of the things that I do is a couple of things, but one, I am constantly paying attention. I am constantly sitting in the audience listening, and I am an avid note taker because we should always be learning to the point where Jaylissa, if you guys remember Jaylissa, she used to be in here all the time. She, she asked me, um, "Are was there going to be a test at the end of this experience? <laughs> because you were literally copiously taking notes. I didn't even get to have a real dedicated one-on-one with her because she was in the back sometimes when speakers were on stage. and I was sitting there taking notes because there's something to learn from every single person. There is no comparison factor. There's no hierarchy in the speaker world. Everyone has something to share, even if they're just sharing their storyline. There's a lot for me to learn from a space of resilience. And so I take these notes and the morning of the last day, I put them all together. I put them all together for a couple of reasons. One, because I want everybody to have a point of reflection. I want them to be able to, before they leave, remember what was said on stage, the key takeaways, the biggest things that are deposits for my soul, but I also believe were the entirety of their message. And because I love to write, I do it in poetic format. So if you weren't at Embrace Your Ambition, I'm going to give you a behind the scenes of what it felt like to be in the audience and what we learned. And every single speaker, Marcus, Ashley, how many speakers were there? A lot.
13: Like 15 or something like that.
19: So many. So every single speaker is represented here, even the MCs um, in some of the incredible deposits that they gave. Trent Shelton, Amberly Lago, Devin Still, I and mean, Brandon Gasway. I mean, so many incredible speakers were a part of it. So here we go. Praying us in, we circled up, knowing this weekend would fill our cup. Expectant for what would come, we released the baggage we brought so we could receive. Have fun, play full out, be mindful, we step up to the plate not knowing what could possibly stem from a sparkling slate. But something drew us in, we yearn to embrace. Our ambition is calling us to a whole new state. We learned of a journey, taking the leap, of risking it all despite what they speak. Side hustles to media moguls, you can too. Dreams are what we shape them, even without a clue. Sometimes feeling like an astronaut in the ocean, our empires fall because of the internal commotion. But when you discover the me that dwells within, a luxury brand builds what will be legacy for your kin. Plan, play, and profit, the choice is yours to make. Riches are fast, wealth is slow, everything's at stake. Look at your numbers like you look at the gram. Write the vision and make it plain, no need to cram. A joyful noise, let's go all in. Attention creating to serve all his women and men. Transferring beliefs, epiphany stories, they are all needed. Take a beat remembering he's regulating your breathing. Serving your soul versus serving yourself. Intention versus effort, put that waste on the shelf. Facts above feelings, but feelings also true. Image replaced by intimacy, it's what we do. Kingdom builders, we prosper from the inside out, maturing each step, fighting off self-doubt. Go after his garment, even just the edge. Don't let tech keep you from the ledge. Your courageous vulnerability they yearn for, but do the work to heal as you pour. Fear of success because this next level requires you to lose all you've gained, but it's truly a peruse. Could your dream be your wealth? Poor, fair, good, great, excellent, it's your health. Declare it, articulate it. I have a dream. Stop waiting on what is unseen. Not enough money or success can cure the pain. No one is exempt, but stay in your lane. The difference between where you are and where you want to be is a relationship. It's that easy, you see. Peace, energy, and connection, the art of fulfillment can be your protection. Stay loyal to the vision. Everything you need is inside of you, your mission. Application takes transformation. Dreaming isn't enough. Bring it to fruition. Built, not bought. Our realities are our dreams. Standing on the stage, building your team. I was never scared. I was never petrified. Even Spider-Man knows his dream is still alive. But sometimes God has to sit you down to shine. Mentally or physically paralyzed, we whine. But we are called an army. We don't sit down. Our spirit man rises. We take on the crown. You're not the old version. You are the new you. Don't let them tell you what you can and can't do. We're coming for you, Louis, hang tight to your bag. We're worth feeling okay and we're gaining new swag. No gun, no lie, no blood will hold us back for our redeeming father has already shed for all of that. P-H-A-T, we rock our swagger and stand our ground connected to the love IV, no longer lost, we're found. No emotions can come through without our consent. The loops that used to spiral, we lament. Radical acceptance is the beginning of healing. Gratitude, community, and belief we're stealing. Resilience created in the darkest places, but we hold on to the 1%. Get her done, you puppy upper. Can't stop without consent. Bravely we stand, even when circumstances seem against us. What's the purpose greater than your plan? We must trust. Claim the breakthrough, wear it proudly on your tee. Scan anxiety and fear can't face the lion we see. Purpose is not something we find. It's already inside, already designed. Maturity is needed, but don't be blind. God only hides for us so long before we shine. You're bigger than that small town. You are made for more this time around, but God can't drive a parked car. Be real in displaying who you are. Don't get lost in the doing. They are standing right in front of you, cooing. Homecoming can happen more than every decade. It's a heart space. It's a centered place. It's your great escapade. Your light is within. Stop searching far and wide. Get liddy Beneath a basket, we're meant to not hide. Shine brightly from within. Stand up on the chair. It's not the enemy's play. It's your mind that's not fair. Glean, evaluate, tighten. That's how you get. Love illuminate trust it's time to get lit postured in surrender we obliterate shame together like fireflies we can't be tamed i'm not yelling at you but this better be heard today don't be disobedient for 1 minute okay these are the keys to your ignition this is what you've been waiting for embrace your ambition woo
16: Wow, wow,
19: wow. All right. how to take a sip of water on that one. Thanks for the flashing mics. I love you so much. I want to let uh, some of the speakers that were there just chime in for two cents, and then I want to get to the five secrets the event planner would never share. Marcus and Ashley, you were the event planners. Tell me what your thoughts are even just after hearing that poem again.
5: Well, first of all, I think that the conference closer is like, Absolutely. What you should market yourself as. That's so good. <laughs> because the whole time I kept telling, and we've talked about this a lot. I'm like, Sundays are my favorite days. Because I, I know what you do, right? Because you did it in Denver. And then it, it's just Sundays are my favorite days. We might be changing our Sunday to Saturday night. But that was like the first thing I thought about. I was like, Tamara, is that cool? Because I need you to close like you normally do. <laughs> um, but y'all, it, it She's just amazing at that. It blows my mind that you can do that. Like, dang, girl! Like, it—it's so Don't much. Matter <laughs> Don't matter
19: the hour. Don't matter the hour. Give you a five a.m. close out I got you.
5: Good, because I'm like, we have to have that. Like, that's a thing. She's the conference closer, but yeah, the whole weekend was just so beautiful. And then on Sunday, you come out and you do the the conference close like that, and then we do these really special events and it just all gets so well put together. And it was more than I could have ever like asked for even this Sunday, even though people have to leave earlier on Sundays, that's why we might change everything to, to be a Saturday night thing so that no one misses this. Cause this is like a part of the conference that just can't be missed when she gets up there and closes. And then we do these special events. Like that's just my favorite part. That's when you really see all these layers come off. I was telling them like the Jericho walls are falling y'all like, it's just a beautiful thing. So I'm I'm excited. I want Nashville to happen because <clears throat> you can tell I still like having no voice. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, like, it's just beautiful. And so I appreciate you for doing that. And it, it's such a talent, girl, such a talent.
19: Love you. Marcus, I see you flashing, brother.
13: Yeah, I was clapping for y'all. Uh, but also the what it it does is just brings back all the emotions. It, it does a lot of things because um it just speaks to the tremendous gift you have because and not just gift cuz it ain't all gifts it's the work and the dedication you put into the craft cuz when I mentioned the Spider-Man song you I never said the lyric which means you had to look them up.
19: Oh brother, and, I got that one by heart. That's my Okay, voice so <laughs> you okay, so
13: you already know it. Okay. <laughs> um but but just that level of leadership to be engaged to be present to always be learning and stretching to take for you what is for you and then to package it the way you did and it really just allowed us to relive the entire experience from opening literally prayer circle all the way through the end so and it's just really powerful and like you said everything you said about the hearts the heavy hearts the depression the anxiety all-time highs Like we don't realize how much isolation really affected our hearts. And so that's why it's so powerful to get to come together and hug next and hear these inspirational stories and testimonies and practical strategies to continue leveling up. So thank you for sharing your heart and your gift and for making things easy on an event organizer, because you know what that (laughs) looks like and everybody will shortly.
19: I do. I love that so much. And I think as Ashley was mentioning, like the Jericho walls and then the fact that so many people, I think almost every single person was able to share their testimony as they shared their their letters. And so it's going to be really neat to see that continue to evolve. And even as the conference continues to expand, we're going to have to come up with some way that people can all do that, because it's really magical whether we do breakout circles for people so they can all be heard. Um, I think it's such a powerful experience. Maybe the speakers circle up. With them. We didn't talk about that in our follow up call. So take note, Miss Ashley and Mr. Marcus. Um, Love you guys so much. And Nashville. Is and will happen, and it's going to be incredible. So let me go through these five secrets the event planner would never share. This literally could apply to workshop hosts. This could apply to masterminds. This could apply to um, corporate settings or events or breakout breakfasts with your friends or book club. Like honestly, it could happen anywhere. So when I say events, you don't have to think about the grandiose conference. Though that's what we're in the middle of with Embrace Your Ambition and the Grow for God conference. That's only two weeks away, Literally in two weeks, I'll already be in Kentucky and we will be setting everything up. Um, it's going to be unbelievable. So number one is the minor mentions that feel like massive misses. Yes, you guys, alliteration, poetic, I love it. The minor mentions that feel like massive misses. So what I mean by that is as the event coordinator or the host, you feel like these little things are massive misses, such as, this is a great example, the lanyards that I know they spend so much time designing, printing, they've paid for they don't get there in time. And in our perspective, we're like, crud, like it's all gonna be terrible because the first impression they have to have on a white, old school, sticky, you know, name tag. They're the worst. They mess up your outfit. We get it. But at the same time, does it really matter? And so at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. And it did its purpose. It, it let us know people's names. And by day three, it didn't matter because we didn't need to know their names. We had already connected with them. And so minor misses like that, other things like the AV not working or not having the right internet cords for the room or not having access for everybody to be on Wi-Fi because it costs another 10 grand, something insane. It's so crazy how much money they make off of these things. And we're over here struggling. The other thing, thing is like canceled speakers last minute. The event I hosted a couple weekends before somebody had to back out last minute. And obviously with COVID that might happen even to our conference in a couple of weeks. We have to pivot. We have to adjust. We have to make up for the schedule that was that person's filling and fill that gap and make it seem completely seamless. That there's not enough or there's too much food. My conference, we had way too much food and they don't package the food to go for the person who paid for it. Makes absolutely no sense. But these are things that are happening that are maybe minor, but they feel to the host like a massive miss. I just invested all this money and I can't even feed my family or better yet, will you at least package it and go put it to the homeless who are right outside on the street? I don't understand. Then things like transportation that you never even think of. We have all of these people flying in and we have to utilize, thank goodness for Glenn's massive family, his transportation shuttle. Or if the venue offers it, we have to coordinate them going from one place to another at every given bracket of people flying in, flying out. Or if you're Gen Y and you're the nonprofit coming on and bringing all of your incredible equipment to make the sound and the experience that much better, you fit six sardines into a can, meaning you have six grown humans into a truck. Or you're leaving and there's a car accident on the way home. There's minor mentions that feel like massive misses, and a lot of people in the audience never take note. But it's why the Embrace Your Ambition connection, it's why the Grow for God team that is building right now between my team and Glenn's team, we're connected because we see each other, because we feel the hard emotions even when nobody else has to feel them. We carry them on your behalf so your audience experience is that much more grandiose and seamless. Number two is the hours. Holy cow. Ashley and Marcus were up before the sunrise, which isn't always the case for Marcus. I know it is for Ashley and Ashley was up past her bedtime. And the amount of hours that my team is putting into this conference, it can't be paid for. Like it's, it's so much time. And I know how valuable and precious their time and energy is, but we're doing it. It's full-time work. And we both, Glenn and I have businesses. And we need our team to do the job that we hired them for. Maybe not the conference. And so I'll be completely transparent that I have lost so many clients, tens of thousands of dollars in the last couple of months, because I have put all of our time and energy into event planning. No pay. I'm still paying them, but I'm not getting paid. Most of my business and most of your business is set on the fact that you get paid and then you do the work. But a conference is the exact opposite. An event is the exact opposite. And while you might be paying for a ticket, that's not even covering the cost, to be completely transparent. So think about the hours. Think about the investment. Number three is the uncertainty. I'm pretty confident in most all of my business decisions. When I say yes and I take a leap into the vision or the God deposit, I I at least have some sort of inclination of how it's going to turn out. Whether I've witnessed it or whether I'm asking mentors or I'm getting insight from it or I've read a book or I've seen it done, I can pretty much gather how it's going to come together. But a conference, (laughs) you have no clue to the fullest extent. How's the schedule going to unwind? What if something else transpires? Or what is seamlessness as a host or as an audience member? How is it going to feel? The outcome in event planning is very ambiguous. And we don't talk about it. So everybody right now is knocking on the door. What's the schedule of events? I want to know who's speaking when. And I'm not floundering. I'm confident in the fact that I'm not sharing, not because it's not prepared, but because I really, truly like surprises. But Glenn and I had to release control just yesterday and decide, because it's not worth me getting 15 to 25 messages per day, we're going to let you have a little bit of the inside scoop. So you'll be able to go to Eventbrite and you'll see who's speaking on what day. You're not going to see what time or what order. You're going to see if there's some entertainers that might be spotlighted in it, but not everybody because we still want to have a couple of elements of surprise. Y'all want to control the thing that we're trying to control. There's so much uncertainty. But that's where faith has to precede fear. Number four in the five secrets the event planner would never share is the audience avatar. So, of course, we can come up with messaging. And Sarah McCord has been incredible in in helping Glenn and I sharpen that messaging. Who is this for? Who should be in the room? Grow your business, for God's sake. It's not for business owners. What? That doesn't make sense. It's not just for business owners. It's not just for entrepreneurs. It's for leaders. It's for visionaries. It's for people who are the janitor, and it's for people who are the CEO. It's for everyone because what it is is it's heart business, it's head business, it's that meditation, it's that motivation, it's that mental health, just as much as it is that heart development and that body integration, it's mind, body, soul. And this is the identity factor of how I establish businesses with people. It's being, it's identity, then it's your brand, and then it's your business. Because if you come to me with a business idea and you come to this experience as an audience member and you're expecting just business, you're going to be really shocked when the Holy Spirit shows up. Marcus and Ashley curated this space and they made way, even in the uncertainty, God became certain. That was all we had to rest on, wasn't it, y'all? That was the only mantle we could carry into that experience was the knowing When two or more are gathered there, he will be. And so whether you've bought your ticket or not, and you've been contemplating, am I the ideal audience member? If you're human, if you have a heartbeat, we say yes. If you're willing to learn, we say yes. If you're willing to have fun and get in the room and and dance unexpectedly and cry unexpectedly, we say yes. And so when I think about crafting the message for the right person to get into the room, who says they're the wrong person to be in the room? And this is the thing that I teach all the time, that Jesus himself didn't niche or niche, whatever you want to call it, target, target, whatever you want to call it. He didn't niche down. He didn't say, oh, only you, Pharisees and Sadducees, because you know the Bible are welcome in my court. In fact, he went for the least of these. So maybe you're the business owner one day. Maybe you're the entrepreneur someday. Maybe you're really happy being the teacher today. We want you in the room because God's going to be there. And so we attract people based on who we are. That's what branding is all about. Really, it doesn't much matter what the business piece is because if somebody is cultivating a movement like we are here with Breakfast with Champions, what Glenn had done with Rise and Grind that will now evolve into this space, what Grow Your Business for God's Sake means to me personally as a host to the conference and to Glenn personally as a host to the conference. They're a little different, but they're all the same. It's a celebration of the audience avatar which is humanity. Number five, last secret, I told you I'd talk about it at the beginning, is the cost investment. Nobody likes to talk about money, but let me just be real and raw. We need it. We need more of it. We need sponsors. We need support. We need you not to complain that the ticket is too expensive or the ticket is too cheap. We we need you to buy multiple tickets so that you can pass them to your friends. We need that because what's going to happen is it's going to transform the outcome. The ambiguous outcome allows us to have more security in the level of excellence that we bring to the table because I know without a shadow of a doubt, there is a thousand things on the list that Marcus, Ashley, myself, and Glenn, we want to bring to life. The original AV cost of what's being done, AV is the audiovisual experience for our conference. Was $63,000 just for us to have microphones and a screen and it for it to have the opportunity to go virtual, which it is now. That is a lot of money that we haven't even covered that in ticket cost. So, how do we show up to an event when we've not only been paying for our team, we haven't been making the money that we previously had been making because all of our time is going into the audience? that we aren't sure who's gonna be there. It sounds like a crazy gamble. It sounds like why in the world it doesn't make business sense. And if you talk to any conference host, even Russell Brunson, even Grant Cardone, they're gonna have, yeah, that happened to me. Yeah, I experienced that. But it's not a cost and we look at it this way, it's an investment. It's an investment to the kingdom. It's an investment to your growth. It's an investment into your breakthrough. And if I could pay for you to have breakthrough, it's likely a fraction of the cost that it costs me to have mine. I've spent, and I'm not exaggerating, over $100,000 in personal development just in therapy and education, that alone. My family almost went bankrupt in the three years that we were developing our well-being. So when we pour out, it's from a place of understanding. It's also from a place of connectivity because we're a wellspring. Marcus and Ashley have all of this time. They have all of this ability. Glenn and I have all of this vision because we're pulling from as a conduit from God. And I don't mean that to boast our ego. I mean we're surrendered. Whether we make the money back, whether we have to pay out, whether it never comes officially back in our pocket, we trust God who gave us the vision. And so I would say in all of that together with the five secrets, and I know I'm over time, there's one final thing that you need to know, and it's about relationships. It's the bonus. It's the icing on the cake. Make sure that you establish venue relations and even when you do, even when you're the kindest people, you're, you're full of energy, you have all the I's dotted and the T's crossed, they might still freeze you for three days straight. They might still turn down the AC and you're so cold and the audience is so cold. But it doesn't matter because like I said, God is in the room and he shows up to do what he does best. And we are surrendered in the outcome. We're committed and we're surrendered. And so I hope that you come to Grow for God. It's coming up, growforgod.com. Get your tickets, virtual or in person, one, two, three day VIP. VIP gets you in the room and gets you fed every day. Or come to embrace your ambition. And if you can't even come, buy a ticket and gift it away or become a sponsor. We need sponsors still to this minute. We appreciate you we love you we're excited for everything that's going to come to fruition and we just know that breakfast with champions is just getting started love you guys this is tamra andres i'm done for now hey tamra
6: hey lolita hey 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 i am so excited to go after you i'm hoping you can go ahead and do a reset because it fits right into exactly what you're talking about. So if you want to do that, we'll just give you a big yay for exactly what you talked about, that amazing poem that you started us off with. You got me going over here. I'm like, yeah, hey girl, I you're adding a, a poem. Spoken
20: word.
19: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. We, we love your spoken word and everything that you're doing with the Champions Rise album, so I'm excited to hear it. But yes, we are here with Breakfast with Champions. You just heard for the last half hour all about the conferences that have come from this space and that have been able to be cultivated and served out to the community and we're excited for you to get in the room it's going to be happening in lexington kentucky november 5th through the 7th we want you to fly in on the 4th so you are there bright and early for the thousandth episode of the rise and grind show that glenn will be putting on in person which will be so fun for us to wake up and have our coffee together oh man we need to check and see if the venue has coffee that early see look at all of these little things you don't think about that we have to that we get to. Um, but if you don't know what Rising and note is or if you've never participated for the show that's been going for a thousand episodes for the last four years, then we want you to be there because you have a heartbeat, because you are a part of the human race. It's going to literally impact your head business, your heart business, and your actual business so you can profit not just from a wealth perspective of money but a wealth perspective of soul creation and soul identity. We love you. We're so excited for it. Go to www.growforgod.com and Glenn and myself will be there to hug your neck when you come and show up. We love you, and we're so grateful for being here today with Breakfast with Champions. Lolita, cheer up, sister.
6: Listen, for everybody that is here, we just want to open up our mics and say thank you so much to Tamara. for She always brings so much power, so much creativity, and I am really loving the conference closer. I am a fan, right? Mm-hmm. Woo! All right. (laughs) I knew that we were here this morning. I knew that we were here together. Listen, today I'm not even gonna keep you long. I'm gonna just do a little spark right before we get to Princeton. It's just a power type of hour. I love to say a power hour when myself and then Princeton comes on and you've been just hearing so much amazingness this morning, and every single day of the week. When you're here with Breakfast with Champions around this breakfast table, it is all about allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to simply pause, giving yourself permission to receive all of the greatness that is pouring into you. But guess what? There might be a couple of things, especially, listen, I love to say this in my segment. There might be a couple of things that you want to leave at the bus stop. And I am a-okay with that because in my mind, I want you to only take with you what is gonna help you on your journey moving forward. And sometimes, sometimes the message that I'm about to give you might not be for you in this moment, but guess what? You will receive it and therefore when you need it, it'll be right here for you. So I just wanna say hello to everyone who I don't yet know. I am Lolita E. Walker. I am a certified life leadership and executive coach. I am a business owner. I am a mommy. I'm a TEDx and motivational speaker, a podcaster, an author, you name it. I'm probably doing something up in the space. So today it is by no accident that I wanna talk about focus. That's what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk about how to focus in the midst of distraction. And I know I'm not the only one. I know that as the year starts to come to a close and as we start to get our minds right and all this information is downloaded, we're going into annual reviews, it's the fourth quarter, people are just tripping. we got to breathe. We got to breathe and look forward and remember what it is our focus was. Remember what it is of where our, our Hearts are. Remember where it is of where we want to be, how we want to feel. And I want to get us back to focusing on what is really important because there's too many distractions that are around us. So today, I'm not only talking about focus, but I'm also talking about how to let go in the midst of distraction. We're going to let go in the midst of distraction. I'm going to leave you with strategies on how to do that with a goal to refocus on what is important. So I just want to tell you guys this real quick, and this is why we're really talking about it, a little piece of it. I believe in the number three. I believe in the number three. And sometimes you got to get hit on the head three times before you say, "Okay, God, this is this is really all right what you want me to do. So I have been really struggling a little bit with getting my stuff in order to focus. And I'm usually quite, quite good at focusing. I'm usually really quite good at focusing, but I've been struggling a little bit. And the first way it came to me was I was just last week inside of this advanced coaching certification program. So I'm certified in life leadership and executive coaching. I I was going up another level because I just want to be all the way there. We continue to pour into ourselves so that we can give back out to other people, right? And ourselves. And in there, I realized we went through human design and I recognized I was a generator. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm I'm a manifesting generator and we don't have time to go through all of that here. I hope you all are listening in to Ram's conversations when he is here. If not, absolutely go back and listen to some human design, what it means and how we can really capture all of us. But in it, it said, Lolita, really your your core values, your core strengths, how you respond is really in responding to others, right? So what it means is, Lolita, you hear something and then you go in. And you make sure that there's a solution to it people tell you what they want out of you what they're gleaning out of you they tell you what their gaps are and you lean in and you create a program for that right that's so exciting and that's why i believe so much in assessments i believe in self-discovery i believe in digging in but that type of information helps you to realize like there's that first knock okay next i told myself lolita after you miss one podcast episode that is not on consistency and schedule to your release, every other Wednesday, you will get a podcast editor. This isn't the first time some of you all have heard that. Y'all, I'm a little embarrassed to say, but on number four, number four, okay? Again, focus. Number four is when I finally met with someone yesterday, right, actually from this app, Camille, Joy, some of you all know her, but I met with her, didn't even recognize that she was inside of that space. And the reason is because I was unfocused. I had told myself that I had a goal, but I wasn't focused. I was letting so many distractions come in and I love doing the editing in my podcast. I love it and I wanted to hold on to it so tight. So I'm holding on to it so tight, but there's so many other things coming my way that are also important. Focus. Knock number two. The next is that I had some clients that were coming in last week and what they were talking about, Lolita, I feel overwhelmed. Lolita, I need to make some space inside of my work and my life because it's not all getting done. Focus. Those are the three. And I said, God, okay, 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 I got you. And so today I want to talk about how we are going to let go of yesterday so we can move forward. And Tamara got me all excited now, so I'm going to start with a poem. I wasn't even going to do this, but we shift. So I hope y'all are ready. Some of you all might have heard this, but this is Dear Yesterday. And the reason I'm talking to you about Dear Yesterday is because I want you to remember that sometimes we got to appreciate yesterday, sit in today, so we, we we can let go and then shift into tomorrow. It goes, Dear Yesterday, can we talk? I've made a hard decision to let you know that after what seems like forever ago, I've decided to let you go. My emotions took the form of a shadow that lurked in the creases of my mind, my body, my soul, my you. You hid in plain sight like a blanket that was covering me from head to toe. So I've decided that it is time for me to let you go. So I've mustered up the courage to free myself. Let's take this trip down memory lane, switching over the broken yellow lines with signals that threaten to cloud my mind, oh, dear, yesterday. Do you remember how you jolted me aboard a roller coaster ride, elevating me to a massive high and filling me with love and laughs? Do you remember when I finally reached that pinnacle that you held me there? You dropped me to the lowest of valleys that housed sadness and tribulation, that vibration that jolted the essence of me, the fullness of she, the fullness of we. You will not hold me, dear, yesterday. I hadn't quite realized how attached I was to you. It was astonishing just how many memories flowed to my mind, through my mind, above and beneath my mind, and ultimately left me blind to what was right before my eyes. I immediately began to clear the cobwebs in a fit of overwhelm, but the over is whelming me deeper and deeper into your space. So, dear yesterday, I found hidden spaces filled with tears and circumstance. Others were refuge for joy and celebration. I now see the light. I now know that this nation, it awaits my voice. So, dear yesterday, you do not have permission to hold me in this moment. It flows free of torments. I want you to know that in every single corner, I grabbed a memory, I hugged myself with winds, I clothed myself with faith. And I looked in the mirror and saw all of me. My gratitude has fueled my attitude. You've given me the fortitude I need to push on. So today I simply say, thank you, dear, yesterday. I found that I was living in the shadow of what was and what could be. I was holding on to the potential of. I grab hold of what I thought you could and would be. You are not invited to see my today. Mm -mm. I'm no longer available to join you on the same roller coaster ride time and time again. I listen to the doubt and the fear that you cast my way so dear yesterday. After thinking long and hard, I've decided to let you go. I'm shaking up the cobwebs. I'm closing the door and looking forward to tomorrow. I'll take the good that you gifted. And most of all, dear yesterday, I forgive myself for the struggles and hardship that i created so dear yesterday i forgive myself for not accomplishing every single thing i possibly could i forgive myself for holding on to you for so long it's been a long journey but we are parting ways today i am reclaiming me and i am looking forward to tomorrow so dear yesterday can we talk this is to you from me i love you lolita and i'll want to say that to everybody here. I pray that there was something in there that touched you and remind you that yesterday was exactly that. You are living in this moment, in this right now, in hopes of getting to tomorrow and beyond tomorrow. And what is it that you are seeing? What is it that you are focusing on? Where is it that you're going? And do you know? So I want to talk to you about letting go. And these are five strategies. I'm going to blow through them because I love to open up the stage for if there's anyone in here um, that would like to add in to anything that I might have said. Five strategies to let go, because guess what? We're letting go to become our bigger, better, better selves. We talked about, Tamara talked about, um, and Marcus and Ashley talked about embracing your ambition. It's not only a conference, it's a way of life. When you choose to embrace where you are, when you choose to act in your strengths, when you choose to thrive in the greatness of who you are because you are standing right here, we need to let go. We don't have time to be carrying those bags everywhere. We got too much greatness ahead and we don't need to carry other people's bags or things that we haven't forgiven ourselves for. We are moving and we're letting go. The L is lead with your mindset. We're gonna be heart-centered, but we're gonna be mind-focused. We've gotta be clear. You know, I talk about clarity, confidence, and commitment. Absolutely, and hands down, we are leading with our mindset. We're leading with a renewed mindset. The other day, I was on a live with, um, with Tara, who is a dream oracle, and she also uh, works with energy, and we were talking about decluttering, decluttering, uh, decluttering your life, decluttering your space, and really it starts with your mindset as we look to gain clarity we've got to lead with our mindset we've got to clear out the cobwebs that are there we've got to lead with the authority to say i need to clean out technology like who's these people that's in my phone i haven't called them in five years either i'm gonna choose to call them or i'm choosing to move them out my way what is it next e e is experience newness come on now experience you let's talk facebook Were y'all in a room yesterday when Breakfast with Champions opened up that super dope room on Facebook and what was going on? Listen, y'all, this is just the beginning. Experience newness. Let's ask ourselves on the things we are letting go, what are the things we are picking up? If Facebook was gone tomorrow, it probably won't be. But if Facebook was gone tomorrow, how are you gonna keep in touch with your clients? How are you gonna keep in touch with your customers? How are you gonna keep in touch with your family? Are you building those email lists? Are you reaching out in other formats? We gotta let go so that now we can think differently and move and experience newness. That T is about telling yourself you're more. We talked about visions. I forget, I think it was Amanda Dahl earlier today and Justin that talked about making sure your vision board is, is visible, not only for yourself, visible, so everybody could walk past it. Let's make sure that we're not the only ones holding ourselves accountable. Let's let go of, of not letting folks know what we have in plan. What what is it that is in store for us? Put that board up there. Allow people to ask you questions. This is about letting go of the old mentality because we got places to go and people to see. We are becoming bigger, better, and bolder every single day. Embrace it. That G is about go and, and let this drive you, done and done. Forgive yourself so that you can receive. Go and let these strategies drive you check it off and let's keep it moving. you got to forgive yourself so that we can move effectively and efficiently. Oh, I hope this is making sense. I get so excited about these. The O is about open your arms, your ears, and your eyes to endless possibilities, you all. Open yourself up. The fact that you are in this room right now, guess what that tells me? That tells me that you are ready to receive. That tells me that you are standing right here, but you are not standing in complacency. And even if you are, the earth is shaking underneath of you right now. Even if you are, there is something that is grabbing you right now and telling you, self, there's more for you on the other side. Self, you've been in so many rooms. You've gotten so much energy. What are you doing with this information? I want you to focus. Focus by letting go of the old and allowing yourself to bring in a new. Absolutely. I want to give some space for if there's anybody that wants to share anything, because I can talk for hours and days. I could talk about this because I believe so much in it. I've seen it in myself. I challenge myself every single day. The things I'm saying to you is what I'm living. It's what I'm living. When I fall, I want to share it. I want to share it because it's from those places that I draw my strength. When I say I leap because my faith and my strengths have wings to protect my fall, I am absolutely serious on that. Absolutely serious about that. So I heard somebody come off mute. Let me just go down. Wow, we have a big stage today. Come on now. Let me see. Let me um, make Princeton a moderator. Hey, because he is right after me. Let me do a refresh. Was there anybody that wanted to say anything before I keep going? I hear something, but I don't see something. Okay, hold on. Hey Lolita, Janey. this is Dr. Janie. Just wanted to make a comment okay. around letting go. You know, whenever I am not getting things done according to my goals and my plans, when I do that, that audit, it's always about what you mentioned about distractions, but what distracted me, what was the detour, and all that those types of things. So when we stop and really look at where we're given our time and attention, and what's the benefit of whatever we're giving our time or attention. And if we're able to delegate and do other things, it can create that space to truly let go of the things that really don't matter, or we can give to someone else, so that we can focus on the things that only we can do and um, to just just wanted to share that and, and love love the segment. Thanks, Alita. Oh, absolutely. Let me tell you something, Dr. Janie. Dr. Janie was on my podcast episode, you guys, for coaching cocktails and conversations, and she is just so amazing. I think you were talking about toxic behavior, and I love that, and that's what I thought about when you were when you were speaking right there because the distractions. Sometimes our distractions are so toxic right? Sometimes they're dripping, they're dripping. I love imagery, you guys. They're dripping little pieces of toxicity in us every day. And we have to choose to shake that stuff off. You know how sometimes you get in a shower and it just feels so good. You washing that stuff off. It means something. We've got to choose to wash ourselves off from the people, places, and things that are no longer serving us. I call them nouns of negativity. I don't know if you've been in my rooms on Clubhouse, but I'm talking about nouns of negativity, people, places, and things that no longer serve you, people, places, and things that are pouring toxicity into your space. Come on, we can't breathe like that. Mm-mm. Who, who else Hey, L- that hey that <laughs> Wait, who was that, please? This is billionaires. Hey. You know, <laughs> hey, you made me think of something just the other day at church. We were talking about, um, you know, how uh, people... Can suck you
17: dry. They just drain you. And we call them leeches. And so we talked about, you know, when you would see leeches on the ground, you know, they come out out after it rains
6: and they'd be out there on the ground. And the only way you could get rid of them is you throw some salt on them and they would shrivel up. Or if they got on you and you try to pull it off, it would hurt. So sometimes we have these things that are draining us and we don't even realize it until we try to pull it off of us and then we we be kicking and screaming to get it off of us. So we get used to sometimes of these people that are draining us, unfortunately. So I wanted to mention that. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, thank you so much, billionaires. As you mentioned that, um, one of the things that i love that thank you so much and i remember the salt absolutely and you just sit there and watch him it was really cruel what we did as children i tell you now that we really think about it but there was um i have this new habit where i had let go of meditation and it wasn't intentional but i needed to add it on to another habit maybe i'll talk about that next time but the point is is that wait there's a mic that's open can one of my moderators help me i am trying to okay i got it thank you Um, listen there is this oh shoot what was i just talking about oh meditation Oh yeah, 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 thank you thank you thank you trust oh yeah see i knew trust was listening in i love it i love it listen there's this meditation so i wanted to add it walker and i this morning before we did our affirmations and before we did our prayer we've added in meditation and for some reason he wanted to listen to um welcome to it's like snoozeville or something on the insight timer it's a children's meditation and they talked about distractions and leaving people when you decide to go, if they're not nice to you. And it was so good. And we had such a juicy conversation. So I love the intentionality of it. Billionaires, you were right on tap. That meditation is right on tap to really be talking about, we got to take our moments to pause. We've gotta take our time to assess and understand what are we letting go so that we, now remember the why is important. It's not just saying, let me let go. No, I'm letting go so that I may move forward towards my goal of what, of what, by when I will do what and for what reason. When you choose to let something go, know your why, so that if you're tempted to tap back in over there, at least you're clear on why you're making that choice. Someone wrote me and asked me about the affirmation um, that I said earlier. Yes, I do sell affirmation cards absolutely and hands down. I have a 40-deck card of affirmations because they're so powerful. And it's in my lowest moments when I decided that I was going to write those affirmations and I say them any, any and every time that I feel as though something is not in alignment. Matter of fact, I say an affirmation in my Be Free Creed every single morning. My son does as well because this is in the essence of letting you know that you are facing forward and everything that is not serving you is not for you. And it is absolutely okay to take permission to pause and move towards the way that you absolutely know that you are intended. And that is what I'm gifting to you all today is the notion of letting go with intention remembering yesterday, believing it right where it is, so that you can stand in your today, you can shift to your tomorrow, and you can look forward to your years that are way beyond. I hope that's making sense. I think we have time for maybe two more comments, if there are any on
17: the stage. Lolita, so- i love to share.
6: Okay, Lolita, i love to share. I would love for you to share. Who's that talking? Was that TM?
17: This is Tarico.
6: Oh, hey, Tarico. You sounded like TM for a second. I'm glad you're here, to Rico, nice to see you. I loved your wisdom room the other day, actually.
17: Thank you, Lolita. Thank you for being there. It was so awesome to have you there. So I want to share, Lolita, you, you know you fired me up just talking about letting go, because sometimes it's not even just that we need to let go of people or places or things. We need to learn to let go of. You talked about the vision board. Let go of the vision. Sometimes we're holding on to things and clutching things that are not for this season. Sometimes we're holding on to people that are not for this season. Sometimes we are gripping things so tight and we're focused so on a specific thing. And there's another way that God's trying to enter and bring something into your life. And you need to shift your focus from the very thing that you are holding on to, See, there were things in my life that I was holding on to and I had clutched down to those things, Lolita, the door that had shut, it slammed shut on me and I was pulling and yanking at that door. And I want you to know that when you're focused on trying to reopen doors and reopen things and reopen things that need to shut, that you are forgetting about your forward movement. You have your back to the other direction that you should be going. So in order for me to move forward, I had to let go of this door that has slammed shut on me and see the opportunity on the other side of me. And when I let go of that door and I looked the other way, I was able to look again and not see, oh my God, they left me. Oh my God, I don't have that security anymore. Oh my gosh. And now I'm able to see out in front of me is the opportunity for me to move into my next but you can't move to your next if you don't let go of what you said in your poem yesterday yesterday is history tomorrow's a mystery but right now if you're in the room let go let go
6: brother tariko come on all the way through tariko i love when you speak you come with so much passion you come with so much experience and this is the real thing about you tariko that i really appreciate this is if, if y'all know Coaching Cocktails and Conversations, this is the cocktails part where you give a cheers to somebody because their greatness is just friggin' shining everywhere. So Tarico, you are shining. And when I say that, it's the vulnerability for me that shines all the way through. So I am committing right now, I have to say it out loud, Tarico, so you can help hold me accountable, is that I wanna have you with me on a Thursday at nine o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll figure out the right Thursday because yesterday in your talk, you shared a story about having a difficult conversation with your son, and it was beyond powerful. And I want to bring witness to that in parts to talk to folks about how to have difficult conversations, but not even a conversations piece, because we only have a half an hour now. That's going to spark some juiciness right there. And maybe we could do it over a couple of weeks. I don't want to commit too long. But what I will say is that in that are sparks that each of us can pull out and I think we can capture it in a very succinct way, but also be able to tell your story. And that is power. That is Let's pure it, power.
17: Lolita. Thank you. Okay. For the
6: share. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. We have two more minutes. If there's somebody that has a super short share, I would love to hear you. I do. Are you do? Who's yes. Jackie? Yes. I saw you. It's How are Noah. You? Oh it's Noah. Okay. Noah, hey there. I'm Hi. sorry. I thought it was Jackie. She was must have been blinking. It was.
22: Okay. I- Hi, Lolita, and hi, everyone. It's so great to be here with you, and I loved what Tariko said, and I live my life, I I do believe that it's so important to find focus, and we all get off focus sometimes. And sometimes we need others to get us back on track. Um, I was going through a difficult time, and I needed other people to kind of help me get through that so I could step back into my greatness and back into my power. But, what I wanted to say is what really helped me in my life is that I'm a very good listener, and what Tariko was saying is so true, and I believe that if it doesn't flow, we have to let it go because so often we do try to fight and resist and try to pull through things, and if it's not meant for to be for us, you know because if it's meant to be for us, it's gonna flow easy like water. I always compare you know water to you know we learn we have to learn to flow more forward in our life like you said more easily like water always flows forward and um you know when we try when we try to go against the grain i just believe if it it really is um we have to be in the listening of others there's always people guiding us there's always messengers but if it's meant to be yours if you're meant to go towards something it's going to be open for you there's no there's always like they say there's many roads to rome uh, we don't have there's many paths for us and so if we're in good listening of the universe, of God, of our path, we'll always be able to find the way, but don't try to fight so much. I, I do believe that there's always the easy path um, if we listen, but it doesn't mean not doing the work. It just means that if it's meant for you, it will it will flow easily like water, and that's my share. Thank you
6: thank you so much thank you so much i appreciate you noah and everyone thank you so much for your input into this segment right here remember that this is all about letting go of your yesterday so you can stand in your today and shift forward with extra energy as you go to tomorrow and beyond all right i love it i love you if there's anything you need i'm at lolitawalker.com and i would absolutely love to coach or speak to you or your organizations because we bring absolute fire when we're pouring into people and reminding them of the absolute greatness that they are all right i'm turning it over right now to princeton who brings the super fire each and every time i'm so excited to go before you every time because i call this the power hour okay hey princeton
8: (laughs) hey hey what's going on sister lolita i always love coming behind you and listening to your wisdom and it's, it's interesting to be back on mornings again, move, moving from afternoon back to mornings and to be able to help you guys start your day. But Lolita, I love you. I love your cadence. I love the way you present. I love the way you come with so much love and clarity and wisdom. And uh, so it's an honor to follow behind you this morning. I hope everybody here, Glenn, Tamara and everyone else here, you know, is having a, an amazing morning, you know. Typically I come on and I do my thing, but I wanted to interview somebody this morning who is very special to me. I met this, this man, you know, he's an Arizona native, just like myself. And, you know, we connected here on clubhouse and we worked together. We've done some things together, but I've watched this gentleman grow. We talk about transformation Thursday and, and this guy I've watched him over the past few months, just transform you know and pivot in his life let the old stuff go to step into some of the new stuff that his spirit that his journey that his wisdom has presented for him and i'm really excited to have this conversation this morning with uh walt mckinley And guys, you guys are going to enjoy him like he's a firecracker. He has a lot that he wants to bring, you know, coaching men to break the generational cycle of abuse and to fight the hero fight to be the heroes of their family, you know, is what he does. But he does that in so much more. But before I do that, I want to do a quick room reset. And uh, I just thank you guys for being here with us this morning. You're in Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club, and we're here to bring you motivation, education, and inspiration from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, Monday to Friday, and 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Saturday. And then join us Sunday at 1.11 Um, for Club 111 on Sundays. And guys, we're just really excited to bring you so much, along with incredible sessions from top thought leaders all morning long. We have breakfast and we pop up up rooms throughout the afternoon and evening. This includes the amazing social media show each day at 11 a.m., plus celebrity interviews and trending topics and much more. And we don't want you to miss a moment. So make sure you're following the Breakfast with Champions Club Um, on Clubhouse by clicking on the little green house at the top, you see that little Monopoly house, click on that and be sure to follow us on social media as well to be the first to know as we expand to more social social media audio platforms. But excuse me, Mm, caught myself there. But guys, I'm really excited. As I said, I'm going to dive right into this this morning. You know, oftentimes we talk about being the change, we talk about stepping into our power, we talk about moving and creating newness in our lives. And I love, you know, just the idea of letting go that Lolita was hitting on, you know, in her segment. It's so important to let go of the former things, you know, I was talking recently about, you know, the roles that we play, how we are the director, the producer, and the main actor or actress of our movie and so many times when the scenes in our lives are changing in the movie of our life we try to take the same character from an old scene into a new scene that we're trying to create because scenes are always changing because change is only the it's the only constant you know but the reason that a lot of people end up being stuck in the rut or of not manifesting what they have the ability to manifest is because they're still holding on to an old version of themselves, an old idea of self, an old aspect of reality that the old self created, and as a result, they can't fully step into newness now. the reason I wanted to interview Walt this morning is because I've watched him pivot, I've watched him let go of the old I've watched him leave the corporate space, you know, making over two hundred grand you know and, and really thriving and 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 doing great, but just he got to this point where he didn't feel whole and you know he decided he was going to make a major shift to step into the coaching industry and write a book his his first memoir and so i'm going to i'm going to pull Walt into this conversation now and i just want you guys to give him a warm welcome show him some love Walt McKinley what's going on my brother how you doing this morning my friend
23: Princeton what's going on what's going on fam it's good to see everybody on here Lolita and the rest of the group i love coming on here and listening to y'all um, it just inspires me to continue this journey I'm on. But more importantly, it's inspiring me to continue to help people on their journey. So, Prince, I just want to say personally, it's been such a blessing to know you. Um you know, I, I, I was referred to you as I pivoted from corporate America as somebody who was doing big things, who the person I knew um, and who knows me well, um, knew one hundred percent that I that you would motivate me um, just based upon being in your presence, and you absolutely have done that. So it's just been such a blessing. And I'm excited to be here with such an incredible group of world changers.
8: Hey, Amen. Well, we're excited to have you, man. You know, we talk about master pivots and really stepping into newness. You just made some major shifts in your life. And I'd love for you to share with that that experience, you know, shifting from corp- the corporate space, you know, to doing what you're now doing, you know, becoming a coach and a speaker. And you're already this, you were already coaching and speaking and teaching in the corporate space, but now you're doing it in a more of a personal way. And so I would love for you to just introduce yourself a little bit and tell people, you know, why you decided to step away from the corporate space and what it is that you're focused on doing at this point. And also let's talk about your book a little bit.
23: Yeah, that's great. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, so my name is Walt McKinley. So like you said, Princeton, I've been coaching and mentoring people for well over 25 years. So I was a former um, intelligence officer in the Navy for 20 years, went into corporate America and had great success. Like you talked about, I was promoted three times in five years. I was an executive in a Fortune 500 company, which is a little unusual um, coming from the military and jumping straight into corporate America. But it really was based upon having this heart centered leadership where I was focused on the development of people um, building team first environments where individuals can arrive in um, and getting away from just being focused on only yourself um, and, and allowing everybody to focus on others and by focusing on others, they could have success. So uh, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't let you guys know some of my story because it's it predicates everything that I do today. So I was um, went through torturous, extreme abuse, Um, Until I was 16 years old by every um, adult that I came into contact with. I I was bounced around. I moved 14 times in my first 16 years. um, From my father to my mother to foster parents. um, And and had things happen to me like being locked in basements for hours or days at a time. Locked in closets. I had splinters forced underneath my fingernails. um, Beat, smacked, kicked, punched. Every type of abuse you can think of. Um, and, and, you know, really terrible things. And it all culminated with testifying against my father in court at 16, which is, um, you know, I talk about in my book, monsters in my house, and we could talk about that in a minute, but, um, and I talk about the feeling in that moment, the most terrible day of my life, putting my father in jail, but it was the most freeing day of my life at the same time. And, and as I wrote that part of my book, I wrote this sentence in there. And I said, it it felt terrible, but I also thought on the other side of my my brain, I thought I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And that's important because it was not only the first time that I ever stuck up for myself um, or was able to do it, but it was also the first time that I knew I would be safe. And I was going to be safe because I had somebody who was willing to love me, invest into me. It's my aunt um and and take a broken child a broken young man and and make him uh, an amazing human and it's funny because i say a lot and women on this stage will love this a woman literally made me the man i am today and if you guys ever met my aunt you would be like oh my gosh she is literally just like walt <laughs> that's what my wife said um, so um so yeah that's a little synopsis of what i went through and then i and then for instance, i'll turn back over to you in a second but i want to say You know, so here I am having this success in my life. I'm mentoring people, I'm helping people. I love what I'm doing, but there's a piece of me that I still needed to heal. And that piece was um, that I I needed to give up some control to God so that my vision aligned with God's purpose. And because I chose to do that, you talk about transformation. There's 10 to 15% of my being That was never going to unlock the happiness that I feel now to get me to where I am today, unless I made this commitment to go all in and impact others. See my wife, my daughters, the people around me, my tribe love, wasn't going to unlock that it was a thing. And the thing was impact for other people. So for me, leaving corporate America, um, gosh, I guess four and a half, almost five months ago now really unlocked a new piece of me. Uh, Because I realized that money I was chasing to move me away from my childhood so it would never be the same again wasn't what was going to drive happiness. The happiness I always found was in the development of people and walking people on their journeys, especially through the trauma that they still had to resolve. Um, I, I wanted to make sure I didn't, it sounded like you were going to jump in there. So I wanted to stop for just a sec.
8: Oh, no, no, no. You're good, brother. I was just, I was just clapping for you. That's all.
23: <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, um, and so I, you know, I chose, um, four and a half, five months ago. I said, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm making great money. I feel more inside than I've ever felt in my life because see, I, I've been married 22 years and together 24. I've been blessed to have incredible, incredible teenage daughters um, that make my job easy, but those of you guys with teenagers know it's not always easy. <laughs> um, and I told my wife, my, you know, I was feeling frustrated, um, and I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm tired in the soul in the soul of who I am as a human being. I'm t- more tired than I felt in my life, even though we've had all this success. And she told me, she goes, it's because you are not doing what God's purpose for you really is. You are not in alignment with what God wants you to do. You're in alignment with what you think you need and what you think God wants you to do. And, and so I had to really pray. I had to, I had to meditate on it. I had to give a lot of thought to, uh, what was next and where I was going. And like Princeton said, I just was, I just left the money on the table because it wasn't providing the happiness. And when I tell you guys, I want to talk about a couple of things that have happened in an extremely short period of time. When I tell you guys, when you align um, your vision with God's purpose, you are unstoppable. The the hands that he's put on this mission has been undeniable. But it started with me relinquishing control and saying, God, I'm going to give it over to you. I'm going to give it over to my spirituality, whatever that God is for anybody on this call. And I'm going to trust that you're going to move me in the right direction. So first thing, um, I I joined a book publishing academy because I needed to get my story out. And it's not even about me. Initially, I was going to write my story. I needed to get my story out because there's so many people that are hurting out there from the trauma that they went through. And the, the fear of the unknown is keeping them locked in the pain that they're feeling that they're actually miserable in. But the other side of the unknown, I lived it. The other side of the unknown is abundant joy and success and unlocking these amazing gifts that your trauma gives you, like compassion and grit and empathy. You have these like superpowers that you get once you unlock this trauma or, or sorry, once you um move past your trauma, but you've got to be willing to go into that space of the and get through the unknown own so that you can get through the light on the other side of that darkness that people live in. So, um, you know, I, I met Princeton. Uh, we've built a friendship. I'm doing one-on-one coaching with him now. We just did our first session last Saturday. Um, I went through his evolved Mastery course. I, I wrote my memoir in three months. It's at the editor. I've got the book art for Monsters of My House. It's been this incredible journey um, and and actually a healing journey more than I I expected it to be because I already felt pretty good. I I rectified and dealt with the trauma that I I went through. Um, But it was more a healing journey where you look back and you're describing moments in your life and you say to yourself, shit, excuse my language, I have been through some stuff. You know, and, I, and, and I'm and i not a victim. I'm not a survivor. I'm a warrior from this abuse that I went through. I'm a warrior and I'm thriving. And not only am I thriving, but I've unlocked these amazing gifts that allow me to pour into people in a much different way to where they can look forward to where they're going and not look back to where they've been. And I am who I am today because I went through the trauma that I went through, not in spite of it, um, not because, uh, you know. Because of the trauma I went through, and that's a big thing when I coach people and I work with people. That's a big transformation for them. It's a transformation because they stop looking in that rearview mirror of life and start looking through that windshield. And that windshield is, and looking through that windshield is what's going to get you to your destination way fast. You keep looking in that rearview mirror when you're mo- when you're trying to move forward. All you're going to do is crash. So um, I, I I take it on my fi- my first official individual. Um, client, um, like I said, like Princeton said, I've been coaching and developing people and working through people through trauma for years. It just isn't, it wasn't as a quote unquote coach. Um, and something unexpected had happened. And this is why I know God's hands are on what I do. I took on a family. This is my generation in this family who grew up with narcissistic grandparents and, and, and parents that decided it's a, it's the brothers and sisters and cousins, all of them they wanted to change the generational cycle of abuse in one generation. And I had no clue that I would even do this. That wasn't even on my radar. But again, when your alignment is when you're aligned with God, things happen, you haven't even thought of, cause he's going to take you further faster than anything else could. And, and now they're all on their healing journey together. But what's amazing is they're supporting each other in their healing journey. And they're they're, they're allowing me to just guide them through the process that, that I created that worked for me that, that walked me through that. Um, and then as a motivational speaker, I I've, I've got my first corporate speaking event, and then I've got two different schools that I'm going to go speak at, um, to just teach kids how to, how to live and love and empathy. And, um, you know, the, the statistics are one in seven, um, kids are abused. Um, but really what they think is one in three or one in four kids are abused. So that kid's sitting in that seat, if he looks to his, he or she looks to the left, looks to the right. Um, I like them or the person to their left or their right has been through trauma. And if we continue to live in a society that doesn't allow for people to heal their mental health, we're going to be in trouble. And I already see it and we already are. So it's time to be the change. It's time to help people heal. And it's time to let people unlock their abundance in a way that allows them to live a purposeful Um, life where they can change their legacies forever. Wow, brother, well, thank you so much. Thank
8: you for your vulnerability, especially as a man in today's society, you know, thank you for being strong enough to let go, to allow yourself to heal, to allow yourself to be vulnerable, to share this wisdom with so many, you know, me coming from my background, you know, for those of you who've been following Breakfast with Champions or you've heard my story, You know, just like, well, I was abused as a child too, you know, mentally, physically, verbally, emotionally, and I was molested between the ages of nine and 11, you know, and like Walt, you know, I'm not a victim. I'm not looking in the rearview mirror because I realized that my pain was preparation for purpose with every one thing that I've experienced with every one thing you've experienced. There's at least a million people out there that if you heal through those experiences and you become a warrior instead of a victim, as Walt said, it's it's then that you become a light to all of those people. So your pain is preparation for purpose. Your pain is giving you a voice. No matter what it, whatever trauma it is or whatever experience it's been that you've had to heal through or step through or, or grow through, you know, it's giving you a foundation to stand on, but you gotta do the healing work. You gotta look at it. You gotta assess it. You gotta ask yourself, how can I use this to create light? How was this given to me as a gift to create change in the world? See, that's what Walt's done. And Walt, brother, I just applaud you, man, because it's it's a huge thing to reach this point where you realize that you aren't fully living what you have the potential to live. And you have the courage, even because courage is the, the having fear, knowing fear is present and still stepping forward anyway, you know, and you've done that, you know, and you've had a beautiful wife, you know, alongside you, who's encouraged you who's stepped into it with you, you know, as you've stepped into this, this stronger, wiser, you know, more impactful version of yourself. Tell us how has that impacted the role that you play as a father, as a husband, you know, and, and also just as a man, um, in, in general, you know, how has it impacted you and what do you feel this is going to take you into moving forward?
23: Yeah, it's, it's impacted everything. I think just I, I'm a pretty happy guy in general. I'm joyous because I have perspective <laughs> on what life could really be like based upon what happened to me when I was younger. Um, but it's unlocked like another 10 or 15 percent of just joy Um, but not only joy, but focus. Because when I made the decision to leave corporate America full-time and just said, I'm I'm jumping feet first. I'm not stopping. I believe in what I'm doing. I know there's a space for this. And and I'm going to heal millions of people with my message so that generational trauma stops. I unlocked another piece of myself as a human being. I really did. And what that's done um, for for out people on the outside of that, even my friends are like, wow, you just seem more happy. My own mother, she never hit me, but she allowed the abuse to happen to me. And, um, she called me, um, and and we still talk here and there. And she called me and she said, just this last week, this is amazing. She goes, how did you do it? I'm so sick of feeling empty because see the reality was, Hurt people hurt other people a lot of the time. That's why 78% of abuse is perpetrated by family. She had been abused and she had things that she had never dealt with. So at 66, this is what's amazing about this journey is you could do it anytime. At 66 years old, she called me and said, I need your help. So now, and woo, this, gets me, this gets me emotional. Now I get to help my mother heal her wounds. If if that's not God's purpose, then I don't know what is. But it's allowed me to be a better father. Like, I'm just more present in the moment with my kids because I'm not scrambling, busting my ass for a company every single day for 12 plus hours a day because I think that I need this abundance of money and that's what they want. No, they don't want that. They want their father present. So I'm more present for my kids. I I got to go to my daughter's Nau campus tour in, in Arizona, um, I've been at all of her volleyball games her senior year. Uh, you know, I get to chaperone, um, and it's important. I get to <laughs> chaperone my daughters, uh, my my freshman daughters, um, acting thespian event that's coming up. Um, and and then even in my own, for my wife, who supported my journey. She's just this God fearing, faithful woman who. Has a mountain of patience, thank God, because we probably wouldn't be together if she didn't, because we've been together for 24 years and married for 22. So we've lived our journey of being young kids together, you know, her freshman year in college and me being new to the Navy and lived this whole life we've built together. And for her, what's amazing is she's in this growing season. Now she's supported all of our growing seasons, but now she's in her own. So she's given gratitude to God a couple days ago, literally on her hands and knees, and she hasn't done this since 14 years ago when we had some issues in our marriage that we worked through. On her hands and knees, but then you know Satan, he he wants to he he wants to try to knock that down because she's having an intimate moment with God, just thanking Him, not asking for nothing, just gratitude. So she starts getting some self doubt as a mother, thinking everybody's growing. Like, where, Where's my place? My kids are getting older. They're going to move out. My husband's growing into this next level of himself. And I love this. And Princeton, you will love this too, because you and I talked about this on Saturday. I told her, I said, this is God's season of growth for you, babe. God's season of growth for you. And I was like, I'm excited. I know you're emotional, but I'm excited because I see God stirred your soul. So then I go talk to Princeton on Saturday and we, we have a conversation, a coaching conversation. And he says, have you ever read the virtuous woman in the Bible? And I said, I don't think so. And the vir- she embodies every piece of that, every single piece of that. And so Princeton, you'll love this because she read it. Um, it's given her a, a renewed perspective of what she's doing and how she supports. But I said, in this moment, we have love to pour into people from marriages because in 24 years, 22 years of being married and 24 years of being together, you don't go through some stuff. And we have some love that we can pour into people to help their marriages. I said, this is about you leveling up too. You supported our level up. You about to level up so that you can continue to stand right next to me like you have your entire life, um, like you have my entire life, so that we can go heal more people together. Because there's also women out there that need to understand how to heal a broken man and how to support them in their journey to recover uh, and, and unlock their amazing gifts that their trauma gave them. So it's been it's been transformational, brother.
0: Transformational. Princeton, Princeton, Princeton. I got to jump in here and say something to Walt. Go
8: ahead, Glenn. Go ahead, my brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening. And Walt, I love your story, man. And I appreciate you sharing uh, here on the platform. I got a couple of things I want to refer to real quick. But first, I got to ask, So, how old are you right now, Walt? I'm 44. 44, brother. I'll be 44 in December. You and I have... <laughs> fairly similar walks. I'm a couple years ahead of you. I walked from my uh, high-paying, call it corporate, wasn't really corporate, but uh, my high-paying position working for someone else uh, three years ago. And so I'm just a little bit ahead of you, man. And as you're talking about the extra time with your family and being present with your kids, I just want to encourage you as as a guy that's just a couple years ahead, man, it's a game changer, bro the relationships that i have with my kids now it's insanity and it is so much more purpose-filled and joyful and so brother i'm excited for you a long time ago uh in in the corporate world they started to notice that people you and i's age right people in their 40s were, were 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 quitting their jobs and whatnot and they they called it a midlife crisis right? I call it a midlife awakening. Yes. So welcome to your midlife awakening, bro. The best season is yet to come. And then I also wanted to, you guys were talking about victim to warrior. Uh, yesterday, I did a podcast interview uh, with a, with an awesome gentleman and he referred a book to me, which I have it in my notes in my office. I don't have it with me. But he said in that book, it talks about how you are either like you, when you have that moment, it's, it's, it's going from victim to to creator, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's victim where things happen to us or creator where things happen through us. And once we get that connection with God, we understand that the creator exists in us, right? And we can create the life, the joy, the abundance, all of the things that ultimately serve God and serve us as we walk in our purpose so i love that man and the last thing i want to say is i went to northern arizona University so I think it's cool that your daughter uh, that you got to go check out that campus that's a really cool campus really cool school Uh, my daughter goes to school there now my uh, my oldest daughter goes to school there at at AU so lots of lots of synergies bro appreciate your story and just love what you're sharing and super excited for the season you have ahead of you because I can assure you it is filled filled with laughter and happy tears my man so keep up the great work
23: I love it. Thanks, Glenn. I appreciate that, brother. And um, yeah, I, I I love that things happen, uh, things don't happen to us or things happen to us so they can um, happen through us. And, um, you know, and the reason I say warrior, just so everybody knows, is warriors fight not only for themselves, but they fight for the people that they love. And And I told my mother this and my mother said, and I know our time's running short, so I'll be quick. I said, Mom, you can't pour from an empty cup. I was like, so your want to love us is there. I I really believe that. But because you never healed your own wounds, you're only at a 50% capacity. And she goes, God, I feel like a 35%. I said, okay, better. You're at a 35% capacity to not only love yourself, but to love your children. And I said, so how much love can you actually give? But imagine when you've healed yourself and you could fully pour into your own cup. You You could fill yourself to 100%. Um, and, and imagine the difference in your love to everybody around you, to yourself, to your kids. Imagine how different that looks. And I was like, your want to love didn't change. Your capacity to love did. And that's what the healing journey means for people. Princeton, I'll turn it back over to you.
8: Oh, man. Hey, guys, I hope you guys have gotten a lot out of this interview this morning. Walt, I just wanted to let you shine, brother, because I think it's important to showcase people like yourself with such a passion and a heart, as we always do on the Breakfast with Champions, you know, table. And you know what? There's always a seat at the table for you, my friend. But I want you to share, you know, how can people get in touch with you? How can they learn more about Walt McKinley or your book? Uh, What's the best route for them to take to connect with you?
23: Perfect. Yeah, you can go to my website. It's actually on my profile on the app, too. Um, It's waltmckinley.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at waltmckinleymotivation and Facebook at McKinley. Um, And I even started a TikTok because I think young people need to hear this message too. Um, And there's other people that just mindlessly scroll. Let's scroll through some things that changes lives. So, Um, but you can link to actually all my social through the website. You can also sign up to um, get updates on the book, Monsters in My House for the January 15th launch. And it it is just, it's not about the tragedy. It is uh, absolutely about the triumph. And it's about showing that people still in their journey like there is life on the other side of this darkness that they're living in. There's joy, abundance, light, amazing people like everybody on this stage. Princeton, I love you, brother. You have been impactful in my life in a very short period of time. And there is no doubt we're creating a lifelong friendship. So go to waltmckinley.com, sign up for some updates on that. Um, if you're sitting here and, and, and I'm speaking to you and you feel like there's there's some work that you need to do, Then um, there's also a piece on that page where you can sign up and we can create a private call um, where we can have a conversation and um, propel you and fast forward on this healing journey you're in so that you can unlock the same things. Those of us who've lived it and came out the other side of that have unlocked too. Thank you. I love you guys. I appreciate every single, every person on here um, and, and the synergy that this team creates. So I'm complete. Hey, thank you, brother.
8: Well, guys, listen, Walt, thank you. I honor you, brother, and, and I love you, my friend. And thank you guys for listening. My time is up, my segment is up. And I believe next up we have Scott Simons, if I'm not mistaken. If not, I'm gonna pass it over to Glenn. Um
0: yeah, I think that um I think we have It's gonna be me. Um, it's Drake Scott Simons today, right? It's okay, me, so Dre, so Dre Baldwin, you. down at the bottom here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dre, Dre my boy. Dre, Dre in the house. In the house. That's, That's what I'm talking, talking about. about. But, yes, but that yes, was that an incredible segment. segment. Thank you, Princeton. Thank you, Thank Walt. You all. I appreciate you guys so, so, so much. Incredibly, incredibly valuable, as usual. Always delivering here on Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Breakfast Club. Hey, for those of you that know, those of you that don't know, uh, you're in the Breakfast with Champions room right now. We run this room. Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, bringing you motivation, education, and inspiration. We're also here on Saturdays from 6 to noon with celebrity interviews, Q&A sessions, and of course, our Saturday morning sales meeting. And on Sundays, we have our fabulous Club 111. Now, at the end of these rooms, the morning rooms end at 11 o'clock, and then we kick into the social media show. And the social media show runs Monday through Friday they go from 11 usually till one sometimes till two if they're really digging in and that's the place where you're going to get all the strategies that you need all of the uh, uh, ways to be able to create a movement through social media be able to spread your message out further so make sure you're always tuning in for our social media show segments at 11 each day. And then of course in the afternoons and the evenings we have pop-up rooms where we're talking about trending topics or any of the going-ons that are going on. So the easiest way to stay in touch with all the things that we're doing is to hit that greenhouse in the top right-hand corner of the screen. Make sure you are a member of the Breakfast with Champions Club so you don't miss out on any of those things if you do miss out on some of the segments you can always go to our breakfast with champions podcast you can check that out make sure you subscribe leave a review let us know that you stopped by we would greatly appreciate it and you have access to all of these things at breakfastwithchampions.live. That's breakfastwithchampions.live. That'll connect you to the podcast. It'll connect you to our live event that we have going on here November 5th, 6th, and 7th in Lexington, Kentucky. My friend Amelia Antonetti is on the stage right now. She is going to be speaking at that particular event, which I'm super excited about. Uh, so you can get connections to all of these things just go to breakfastwithchampions.live to learn more and with that said we're going to be handing it over to my boy dre dre is the kind of dude what i love most about dre is he's the dude that out of love out of absolute love will punch you right in the kidney and wake you up and let you know that you are complicating things in life there is a simple process simple strategies and dre has those for us so dre my man the mic is yours
16: Glenn, much appreciated. Good morning to everybody here at Breakfast with Champions. Just to give a quick introduction to myself and my topic, my name is Dre Baldwin from a nine-year pro athlete, author of 29 books. I created this whole brand called Work On Your Game. It's all about taking the mental tools that help you get to the top 1% in the sports world. And I teach professionals from all industries how to leverage and apply those same mental tools in the work world and in everyday life. And what I'm going to be talking about here today, you know, when I was uh, reached out to about speaking here today, I saw today is transformational Thursday. So what can I, transformation Thursday, what can I give the people here today that to will help them with a transformation yeah, really. mentally that they can then apply tangibly? And the concept I'm going to share here today is what I call the ethical unfair advantage. The ethical unfair advantage. Now, we know there's a lot of, conversations going on in the world depending on who and what you pay attention to about who has an advantage over who else who is does not have the same opportunities as others and me coming from the sports world you know i have to be honest i come from a world where there are winners and there are losers i come from a world where it is a zero-sum game where for the lakers to win the Knicks have to lose and it's competition that's just the essence of what we do in the sports world and life is a competition as well even though there's abundance in this world even though everybody can have their own quote-unquote win the way that we're looking at it at the same time we're building our brands and we're putting ourselves out there we are in competition even though just because i make a dollar doesn't mean you can't make a dollar at the same time we're competing for the attention we're competing for the money we're competing for the opportunity that might not be unlimited for all of us so when people ask me you know about this concept called ethical unfair advantages i've talked about this before I remember I sent the text message out to my community and pe- a lot of people responded. Like, What exactly do you mean by that? Dre? And this is something that I want to make sure I explain. I'm going to articulate it to you all here today so you understand exactly what it means. And as per usual, sure what I do here for those who haven't heard me before, I'm going to give you three points. I'm going to explain these points and I'll recap the points as what exactly it means and why you want to go find your ethical unfair advantage. First point is this. Ethical unfair advantage is defined as, by me, where you have a leg up on your competition, but that leg up is not against the rules, is not violating anyone's rights, it is not immoral in any way, but you are putting yourself in a situation where you have a better than 50-50 chance of winning. That is an ethical unfair advantage. Let me give you an example. Any of you ever been to a casino, you understand that the casino has an ethical unfair advantage over you. We all logically understand this, yet we still go lose our money in casinos. Why? I, well, somebody could write a whole book on that. But the casino has a, a leg up on you. any of you saw the movie Ocean's Eleven, just like George Clooney said to Brad Pitt, or the house always takes you. In the long run, the house always wins because they have an ethical, unfair advantage. There is no game that you can play in the casino that gives you an advantage to winning. There is zero. You might think there is just because you won a couple times, but in the long run, the house always wins. They have an ethical, unfair advantage. If you're playing a sport like basketball and you're six feet, eight inches tall, and you're playing against somebody who's five feet eight inches tall, you have an ethical unfair advantage over them. You did not violate their rights, you didn't do anything wrong, you didn't break the rules, but the way the game is set up, the tall guy has the advantage over the short guy. This is just the way that it works. In life, you do not want a fair fight. Now I know this might be this might go against the way that maybe some of us have been taught and the way that some of us even think. You don't want fair fights in life, because if every fight you get in is a fair fight. That means you have to be really, really good to win most of your fights. How about instead of getting in a fair fight, you get in a fight that you know you can win, where the odds are actually stacked in your favor. Again, not in violating anyone's rights or being immoral, but just setting yourself up so that you're playing games that you have an advantage of. When you're in fair fights, you have a 50-50 chance of winning and losing, and probability says you're going to win half the time and lose half the time. And that means, I mean, we just talk about, just we just average everything together. That means you come out zero. That means you come out You basically break even. I don't think any of us wants to break even in life. I think we want to do better. We want to be in a better position later on than we are in today. A 50-50 chance of winning is what we call gambling. Gambling is unpredictable. And people who get into power in their lives, people who really create winning situations in their lives, don't put themselves in unpredictable situations too often. and not even 50-50 situations, they at least make it 51-49, even better, 80-20, somewhere where they have the advantage. Professionals, in any line of work, we are predictable in our work and we're predictable in our results, not only in what we do, but also we can predict before we do something, how things are going to work out, how many products we're going to sell, how many people are going to open this email, what kind of results we're going to get. We can at least ballpark it in some way. That's what makes us a professional. An amateur goes into something and they just do the work and they just you know cross their fingers and hope for the best. Professionals are predictable in the work that they do. Every professional in this room, you can predict your results when you go into certain work. You're not just randomly doing it and hoping that it works out, even if you're good at what you do. Smart people always play with a 51 to 49 or better advantage most of the time. That's what the casinos do. That's what the government does when they levy taxes. The game is set up for them to win in the long run. So even if you or someone else gets lucky and wins from time to time, and someone wins in a casino and they make a whole lot of money, The casino probably isn't too happy about that. But in the long run, they can calm down and relax and rest easy. Why? Because of all the other fools who are going to lose money in the casino that same day. They'll still make money in the long run, even if they lose one or two times. So there is no valor in fighting fair fights and losing. One of my favorite urban philosophers, a guy by the name of Jay-Z, he said in one of his songs, moral victories are for minor league coaches. We're not looking for moral victories. We want tangible victories. And you set yourself up. For tangible victories as a professional by putting yourself in positions where you know you have a pretty good chance of winning. Point number two, how do you actually set up this ethical unfair advantage now that you understand what it is? What you need to do is play the game on your terrain. Play the game where you know the field, you know where all the potholes are, you know where things will work in your favor and you maneuver the situation